Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fast on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99 It's the Ron and Fez Show on a Thursday. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, coming up in just a little while, we're going to have one of the great uh, record producers of all time. He has recorded hits with the Rolling Stones, The Who, Led Zeppelin, The Eagles, Eric Clapton, The Faces, the one and only Glenn Johns is going to be here today. His book is called Sound Man because he's the man who takes care of the sound. Uh, we have to uh, call out Chris Stanley this morning. For what? And let's let Tony from Pittsburgh do that. Tony. Hey, Ron, uh, you totally nailed it right on the head yesterday. Turns out, drunk girl in public video, totally staged. Oh. Smoking gun all over it. Uh, number one link right on smoking gun. Drunk girl video, latest viral hoax. Everyone was fed the lines and told it was a student film. I'm punching out. See you guys. See you later. God damn it. I hate getting tricked. The headline story, Hicks hoaxed again. Another rube on the midway. Chris Stanley, a.k.a. Pepper Hicks, the most gullible man in America, once again licks a lollipop that turns out to be a penis. No! 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hashtag Hicks hoaxed the man with the penis breath. Uh, how did you not see that for what it was? I watched it live yesterday, and by the time it got to the little guy being pushed around, yeah. it was bad acting to acting. See, I just thought it was just a heavy amount of editing. Like they just did that for like a couple you of days straight. You know, want to believe? You want to believe black people grab drunk white girls? You want? To believe that Hollywood is a place where rapes take place every five minutes. And you know why? Why? It fits your right-wing agenda and gets you to bring more cops into the suburbs and taking away the rights 
of the common people. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. You're losing your rights. Are you happy with it? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Large supermarket chains are selling you cat meat as hamburger. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Tell me what you think about it. There was a white guy in that video. There were two white guys in that video, actually. We need a second wall at the border to keep white people in. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. By the year 2019, the population in the United States will only be 2% Caucasian. Does this make you nervous about your daughter? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Yes, it does. You're not supposed to be answering back. You're the producer. You're supposed to be putting on a funny Afro wig and then giving me a big thumbs up on the other side like, phones are burning up, boss. We're doing it. You're on the edge today, man. You're on the fucking edge of talk radio. Chain smoking cigarettes back there in a perfect world. Cyborgs are going to be replacing your parents. I think that's the only way I'm going to say the phone numbers anymore. You got to put that up in the pad data then. You cadence. fucked up for us, dude. I Big thought time. It was re- I thought it was real, so I got hoaxed. Okay? Yes. It happens sometimes. Not to a radio producer, it shouldn't. It should happen to the regular uh, Jenny Lunchbox down on the street. That's who I'm talking to. My listeners, just a regular fellow, got off to work their job with some bologna and cheese on white bread, heading into their job with a big metal lunchbox from the early 1960s. Vietnam is back. Will you send your kids? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. The French are landing on top of asteroids, blowing them up. Is that what you want? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I didn't know the French were that good with space. Fucking French are amazing in space. I had no idea. I thought it was really just the Russians and the Americans. You know why? The Americans took a nap after 1969. Neil Armstrong stepping on the moon and America going to sleep. And now we're sucking the ass pipe of the French. Are you happy with that, America? Give me a call and let me know. 866-BROWN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-BROWN-ZERO-FEZ. I sound a little bit like Tweety there on MSNBC. What's that guy's name? Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't know what I'm talking about all the time. 866-BROWN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-BROWN-ZERO-FEZ. Republicans are turning this country into a goddamn uh, heroin addicted. What are you talking about? You happy with it? I'm pulling my hair out of my face right now. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. He spoke at my college graduation. Everybody in this school's a goddamn asshole. Look at me. I got my own show on MSNBC. I'm wearing a Phillies cap because it's 2007, and then when they don't win again, I take it off, and no one knows who I root for. Hey, we're not jerks. Screw you. I got a hoagie in one pocket and scrapple in the other. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866 Matt Queens. How you doing, Matt? million bucks, Ronnie, as always. Yeah. Picks your bag of shit. Who do I pick tonight? Or who are you picking so I know who to pick against tonight? It's a Buffalo at Miami. I'm taking Miami at minus four. There you have it. The people of uh, Miami jinxed 
by Hicks. Hashtag Hicks Hugs. 866 Rod Zero Fuzz. I appreciate the bag of shit comment. This came off kind of mean. How do you fucking miss everything, man? How are you wrong at everything? It's a skill? Well, what's the opposite of skill? Oh, yeah, Chris Stanley. <laughs> Hashtag Hicks hoax. You're terrible at shit, dude. Look, I get hoaxed once on this drunk, fake drunk chick. We're talking to fake dudes. We doing the Bennington show tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, that's good. That'll be fun. What time does it start? 11? 7 a.m. Let's try and move it up to 11 a.m. It's it's set at seven. Man, I hate it when you make all these mistakes, dude. I don't like making mistakes. Maybe the smoking gun's wrong. Have we looked into that? Maybe, you see how crazy that is? Maybe they're hoaxing us. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run Fez show. Yeah, hey, Hicks, step right over here, buddy. Step right over here. I can guess your way. Come on, come on. Two, two bits, I can guess your way. Come on. No, I don't even way. know what a bit is. No, thanks. Shaving a haircut, two bits. Oh, yeah. Who's going to buy it? Tom Mix. You know, I'll tell you how the guess your age, guess your weight guy works. How? So let's say it's two bucks to play, right? Yeah. The thing that you win is worth 45 cents. Jesus. So oh, you're the big winner. I couldn't guess your fucking stupid weight. Go ahead. You just paid $2 for something worth 45 cents. Here's a tchotchke. Yeah. And if I did guess your dumb weight, you ain't paying anything. So people are leaving there. Like, Yay, I'm a winner. You sure are, pal. <laughs> Go ahead. Walk proud. Walk right down the midway with that Gigi doll. And let everybody laugh in your fucking face that's sitting behind a joint right now. At least they leave happy, right? And less cash. Is that what happiness is, Chris? Giving your money over to a fucking brighter man? It's my favorite Pearl Jam song. Uh, but at your other fucking favorite band, U2, Bono's plane almost went down last night. Yeah. You know what the name of the plane was? No, why? Freebird. He still got on it. Wow. He got on something called the Freebird. That's silly, Bono. Yeah, the door ripped off. Yeah. Depressurized. Pulled out his yellow glasses. Now he can't see shit. I actually can see it for the first time in 20 years. Everything doesn't look so fucking yellow to him. So jaundicey. And it was all yellow. Are you one of the people who hates you, too? I like their early stuff. Up to what year? I, guess, I mean, let's see. Up, no, it's not even their early stuff. Up until they did that song for the Tomb Raider soundtrack. So I guess most of their career. I liked <laughs> You like them, then. <laughs> First of all... There's not a band in the world that you don't say their early stuff was the best. It always is. No one ever says, I never liked them until their 16th album. And then I said to myself, this fucking Ted Nugent has hit it finally. I was waiting and waiting, and thank God I didn't give up on him. He's in his groove. This 16th album is great. There's no band that you just don't want to hear, let's say, fourth album backwards is 90% of their set. Can you imagine if stand-up was that way? It'd be ridiculous. Why is that an answer for you? And you give it a lot. And then I say ridiculous because I know, okay, if he's not going to think, neither am I. You got to be like this Fez Watley. He's wearing a new jacket today and he's ready to snap. You're a little edgy today, Fez? A little edgy. Why? Why? 
things are going great. We had another great unmasked yesterday with Ron White that's going to be playing. Uh, we're doing the Dice Man tomorrow. The feedback that we got for the Thanksgiving show is crazy. I'm not even going to plug it again because we've got at least 10 to 12 times more people you know, that we're going to be picking through that, than we can actually pick. And we just found out we got a very special name going to be at that show eating Thanksgiving dinner with us. Are you ready for this? Yeah, okay. Sit down. All right, I'll sit down. No, you know what? Lay down. Because... Okay. Yeah, lay on the floor. All right, I'm laying. Put your feet up in the air, too, so you're going to get plenty of oxygen. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Joining us for Thanksgiving... Mr. Dave Vitell. What? For Thanksgiving dinner? This superstar, this comedy superstar, now makes this the greatest Thanksgiving radio show in the history of the world. Nothing can ever beat this. This is amazing. Look, let me tell you, this is what I've seen throughout the years. Everyone will set up stuff and give free food to homeless people on Thanksgiving. So that they can feel better about themselves. So I wanted to do that. But I said, I want to give the free food to our listeners. And let them eat like stumble bumps. You know? Let them enjoy themselves. Give, fill their stomachs. By the way, I think, especially for you, this is going to be the first solid food in months, right? Are you going to be able to hold it down? <laughs> or sure. the internal bleeding start? <laughs> Feds, are you going to come or are you just going to be nervous? No, I will be there for the Thanksgiving dinner. And then everyone can hear it Thanksgiving Day and Black Friday right here on Raw Dog. Good plug, Fizzy. But, and I love the plugs. But also interact with me, my friend. I want you and me to be friends again. For this, the me most too. holiest of seasons, Thanksgiving. Because remember, this is when Jesus sat down with the Indians and they ate turkey and pumpkin pie. And Jesus said to the Indians, we're going to stop slaughtering you. You have my word. We will move no further west than Pittsburgh. And Jesus and the white people kept their word. And that's why we have no idea what's on the other side of the Ohio River. I think it's just a vast, beautiful country filled with Tatanka, Okay. Or buffler, as we call it here. Uh, maze. There's yeah. some kind of magical thing out there called maze. Mm. And Native Americans. And why? Because white people can be trusted with their word. You're welcome, America. I never knew J.C. made it over to this continent. <sighs> J.C. Penny? Oh, well, then you're not a Mormon, my friend. If you fucking read the Book of Mormon, it's right there. After he was done fooling around with the Jews and the Arabs, Jesus popped up in the New World and started to talk to the people who lived here. At that time, they weren't even called Indians. What were they called? Apache, Cheyenne, whatever their names were. You know, they picked their own name for some reason. Weird. You, think they you didn't know that about Mormon? I didn't know that. I, I heard that he get it on planet. You're a died. fucking idiot. I, I, don't, I haven't studied much about Mormonism. I'm trying to put together a game show right now called Are You Dumber Than Chris Stanley? Please and don't. if I can find someone who is dumber, I'll give him a brand new car. 
and a trip to Acapulco. Oh, sick. When I was a little kid, they would only give out trips to Acapulco. <laughs> now I don't know a human being who's been to Acapulco. I hear no yeah. one goes. Hear Hold on, go. Fez remembers something from his childhood. Laugh it up, Fezzy. Laugh it up like it's an unmasked, please. Why did that stop you when I asked for it? <laughs> he gets upset. Go ahead and do a plug. You love this. Uh, the Fairley Brothers Unmasked will be premiering tomorrow on the Ron and Fez show at 2 p.m. That's Peter and Bobby Fairley sitting down for an episode of Unmasked. Unmasked. That's going to be a damn good one, my friends. And I know that because they told me that they really enjoyed doing it. I'm going to make a prediction for the Dumb and Dumber movie. I believe it's going to go through the roof and it will make over $50,000. That these guys are all going to be $50,000 richer in one weekend. Congratulations. Bank it up. Can you imagine having that kind of fat cash for yourself? I couldn't. I know what I'd do with it. What's that? Goods and services, my friends. I would buy goods and also get services. See, I'd just piss it away. I'd probably gamble a lot of it away. Well, I'm thinking I would make more money with it. You gamble every time that you fucking sit down and have another shot. You gamble that that liver is going to keep together. I bet it sounds like your grandma's furnace right now. Just wheezing and coughing. Cracking. Release the cracking. I love that part. Release the Ernie cracking. Big Earn. Oh, I love Big Earn. Glenn Johns is stepping in here. Stepping in here. Yeah. He'll be stepping in. Do you still write stopping in all over my schedule? Yeah. Stopping in. Glenn Johns stopping in. <laughs> Matter of fact, you want to talk about Hicks gambling? Every time that head hits the pillow. It's a fucking three to one shot that he wakes up again. A lot of times I um, forget to sleep in my stomach, so that's always a problem. You're supposed to sleep on your stomach? I thought just because if you sleep on your back, you can uh, die choking on your own vomit if you start vomiting in the middle of the night. So you I've, just... always heard that. I've always heard that. Is that wrong? It would seem like the other way, if you were face down, then where's the puke going to go? Except back down into your lungs. Well, wouldn't you puke down? Like, Do you puke with your on your back when you have the flu? Or do you are you face down in the toilet? See what I'd like to do is every night when Chris lays dead, uh, you we gotta put a habit trail in his mouth so that it just fucking shoots down <laughs> into the hamster cage. But I think that you've got to when you're thinking face down, you wanna sleep face down with your head off the bed. Okay. So that you're not drowning in your own puke. What I want you to start doing is sleeping in a massage table <laughs> so that your face is down there and there's a bucket underneath you, or in this case, a kiddie pool. Hashtag puke kiddie pool. Um, let me just tell you some of these albums that Glenn Jones has uh, engineered, worked on, you name it. Um, the Small Faces back in 66 Rolling Stones back in 65 fuck Beggar's Banquet he was the engineer on one of the great albums of all time Spooky Tooth Steve Miller Band Proco Harem Shine On Brightly 
Traffic, the traffic record. He's worked with everyone. Yeah. Every legend. Oh the Beatles, Abbey Road, Joe Cocker, um, the first Led Zeppelin album, Rolling Stones' Let It Bleed, Humble Pie, he produced that record, Billy Preston, Leon Russell, just amazing people, Delaney uh, and Barney, uh, the band Stage Fright, he mixed that record. Amazing. Faces are not as good as a wink to a blind horse. Great record. Boss Gags. More Leon. Rita Coolidge. Graham Nash's first uh, solo record. The Who. Who's Next. He produced, engineered, and mixed that album. Oh my God. One of the greatest, if not the greatest album of all time. All the early Eagles albums, including Desperado, Paul McCartney and Wings, Helen Wolf. God, this is crazy. The great Joan Joan Armatrain, who we just brought up on this show the other day. These things are phenomenal. This is an unbelievable list of musicians for one man to have to have worked with. Midnight Oil, your favorite band. Can't the Clash, go. Combat Rock, he mixed that record for them. It's the biggest record. Yeah, well, in terms of hits. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Some people got a little mad about it, though. Yeah. John Hyatt, Slow Turning. Great stuff there. Del Shannon, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Joe Satriani. This is an amazing list. Well, I just feel like you haven't done shit, Chris. I haven't. You know why? Why is that? Uh, you are not. Uh, you're not keeping up. Now we're going Johns. Yeah, you've let yourself fall behind. How about you, Fuzz? You feel like you've had a better life than him? Than Glenn Johns? No. Who do you feel like you've had a better life than? Probably, uh, well, homeless people. Okay. All right, there's plenty of them, so he fucked with them. You beat the shit out of the homeless people. Who else? Um, I guess any sort of, like, uh, sick child. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> the homeless and sick children? <laughs> Come on. I didn't think you'd attack sick children. I thought the homeless was a bit much. The sick children is just terrible. Well, you know, maybe they've had rough the, lives. First, start with the homeless, then go after the homeful. Well, you pulled it off, buddy. And you got a spectacular mustache, and it looks like you're wearing a sweater over your shirt today, huh? That's kind of sad. Because I feel like it takes away from the it definitely does the gay shirt. It's almost saying, "I'm not gay." I'm putting this shirt back in the closet where it belongs. That sweater is the closet. Yeah, sweater closet. I actually hate that sweater because I, I can't see as much of the shirt. You like the shirt? Well, I'm just used to it, you know? I'm used to the smell. It's musty. 
Uh, Fez is doing Movember right now. His big mustache is dominating Movember. Uh, this is only 13 days old. Charlie, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Ronnie B, have you seen the new uh, Centaur picks? Yeah, I did. Uh, Amazing. I, uh, by the way, did we put up the full frontal pick? No. Today? Is there a reason we didn't? We just want to stay away from it? We don't want any tit and cunny of uh, Kim K? I mean, it was full frontal. Yeah. That would fuck everything up. I think it's a huge mistake. Um, because she lacks a vagina. Who all talked? Everybody but me. Um, by the way, I saw a mannequin that was a centaur on Fifth Avenue. I want to go have your picture taken with it. I want you to climb in the window. I saw it when I was coming in today. It made me so happy. It was a mannequin wearing a fucking tux coat and tie. And the back end was a horse. Well, the back end is the centaur. I didn't know they made... They made. Man- I thought only mannequins could only be human. You're in the fucking zeitgeist, my friend. No, it's a misconception about me. I'd actually like to say this: the centaur is the mermaid of land. It's a pretty good compliment. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, everyone likes a mermaid. Merman, merman. That was my Zoolander impression, which is going pretty good. Hey, any updates on FS? It was going to be your baby, remember? Yeah, I uh, I left a message, and I have not heard back. Mike. Hey, buddies. Uh, Chris, thank you, you jinxing idiot, for taking uh, the Dolphins today. Doesn't make me an idiot. Go. It's just a jinx. Yeah, go Bills. Hashtag Hicks hoax. You still believe in the Bills, huh? Yes, I was at the game last week. It was uh, I'm a season ticket holder. It's fucking brutal. Uh, they somehow find a way to lose every week uh, in a different fashion. But I really, uh, I'm pumped that Chris that you took the Dolphins tonight because the Bills are going to fucking win now. Um, well, I gave up on football once Highlander ended. I lost all interest. Dan in New York. Hey, Roddy. Yeah, what's up? Hey, what's up? Did you hear Ron White this morning give you a compliment on your unmasked? Well, let me give a compliment. He said, uh, yeah. he said you were a master of your craft, and he said you are probably one of the best interviews he ever did. He couldn't remember your name at first, but then uh, everybody knew yeah, he's that it was you. He was pretty lit. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was still pretty lit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's a good man. He really is. Uh, 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 that's coming, I think, next week. Next Friday, the 21st. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, uh, it's really going to be interesting for people to hear. Fez just left? Yeah, Fez just walked out of the room. That must mean that Mr. Glenn Jones is here. I don't believe so. Not yet, is what I was just told. But he just did get up to leave the room, I guess, to check on things. Oh, did you hear the update on the uh, the jewelry heist of uh, what? Give it, it to me. It was a hit, basically, from another jeweler. Another jeweler hired those dudes to go over and rob this guy that he had a beef with, is what the cops are, are saying now. And the jewelry heist happened two blocks over. Some guy that he had a beef with just apparently paid two dudes 
to go scare them, but instead the guys rob them, rob them of like a half a million dollars worth of jewelry. That's scary. <laughs> so I think they they did their. Now, how much did he pay him? They didn't say. They haven't said. But they all, all the all the police have said that they were hired guys to rob these to not rob but scare. Uh, and what would you hope to get out of that? Let's suppose, like I said, I'm mad at Chris Stanley. So I'm going to hire someone to scare him. He wouldn't even know it was from me. I know. You know, he might say to himself, well, I'm never going to the Lower East Side again. <laughs> it's fucking scary down there. But he wouldn't say, I was down the Lower East Side. I was mugged. I better start uh, being better to Ron for no apparent reason. Bangton. I know he was <laughs> behind this. Bangton. Bennington. Bangton. Bennington. You crazy fuck. Can't say my name, can you? Bennington. I guess if I say it correct the correct way, I just it feels like I'm saying it too slowly. Gil just wrote to me. Uh Atel confirmed for Thanksgiving nice. One thought we should have worked together on the day you announced it. Well, my producers are supposed to take care of that. He would have loved to have had a big a promo pushing it. My producer should have been part of that. Um, he'd like to be more involved with the promoting the announcements and the giveaways. I'd love to have that, but my producers don't give a shit about working. <laughs> I do so give very I'm much gonna, of a shit. I'm going to write back to him. Chris doesn't give a shit what works for the event. Please don't. Please don't send that. I should have contacted Gil. It was an oversight on my part. Take care of it next time. Let's see. He doesn't give two shits what you or anyone else in management think. He's a real uh, wild card, this one. He's a lone wolf. Don't send all that stuff to Gil, for real. Uh, a loose cannon. They don't want to get fired if you use all those fucking terms. And I believe a pederast. Why add that? Why? You say what you believe, I say what I believe. I, I get the work stuff, but throwing the, the pen thing freaks me out. Because it's not true. Those are false accusations. Um... So this should be fun, that when we do this. But yeah, you should involve Gil in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like the fact that you have nothing to do, this was a very lazy week around here. What? You didn't have to worry about any unmasked or anything like that. It should have been a, uh, a deal. Um, let's bring in uh, a gentleman. Who's worked with and produced the Rolling Stones, the Who, Led Zeppelin, the Eagles, Eric Clapton, the Faces. The list goes on and on and on. He is one of the greatest uh, record producers of all time, Mr. Glenn 
Johns. His book, Sound Man. That, of course, is The Who, one of many bands that Mr. Glenn Johns has worked with, including The Rolling Stones, The Who, Led Zeppelin, The Eagles, Eric Clapton, The Faces. Glenn Johns has a brand new book out called Sound Man, and it is fascinating for a number of reasons. Um, not the least a bit where you were at the time that all this happened of being just the right age and having right, just the right skills for a, a brand new type of music. I can only agree with that. Yeah, it's something I point out in the book. It's, it's the whole, a lot of my career has been good fortune and that's certainly the major one with the year I was born, which tipped me out into the workplace when it did. You know, I think uh, uh, the idea of a record producer is something that most people in the public are still confused by because everyone works it differently. But what is the what are the jobs that a record producer has, an engineer has and a mixer has? Because you've you've done all three. Yeah. OK. A recording engineer is, is responsible for, the, for the, the technical quality of the sound, and also it's a creative job. It, it, it's, he's, painting, he's painting with sound. He's painting an, an oral picture in the mind with sound, basically. Nowadays, that job can, can be extremely complex with the way technology has gone, and also because the sort of music that's being ri written and performed seems to require nothing to do with what I was trained to do, which was to capture the performance of a piece of music and and to record it faithfully as to right. how it was sounded by in the way it was being delivered by the musicians. Nowadays, people are expected to reinvent the wheel, basically, and, and not have anything sound ordinary or normal, or, and they consider that to be musical, and I suppose some people find it that way. I personally don't. So so an engineer's job is that, and he is... That, he is uh, he works under the producer, whose job is an overall job creatively again, 
Um, he would be responsible for a budget in the making of the record, but that's where the money end of things comes. It's not his money, it's invariably someone else's. And he is like a bouncing ball for the artist. And different artists have different requirements and require more interference with <laughs> creatively than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, he's there to, to uh, work with the artist, with the material, the choice of the material that's recorded, and the manner in which it's recorded. And if it's a band, the arrangements would be done under his supervision, but possibly the band will have very strong ideas about what, they, what they're going to play, and that's quite satisfactory. So then he would just supervise the performance of, of the piece of music that you're doing and make sure that everybody is happy with their performance and hopefully help them through the process of the recording session. Um, so he's a bouncing board for ideas and uh, for egos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes on from that, but that, that's, a, that's an easy description. And the mixing takes place. What, what does an expert bring to that when you're doing the mixing? Well, to be honest with you, I've never had anyone else mix a record that I've made. Mm-hmm. So to me, mixing is part of the process to finish off the job I'm doing as an engineer or, and or producer. It's all one job. Nowadays, there is a separate individual, it would seem, that records are given to someone else to mix, and he would bring a different perspective to to uh, that that has been uh, illustrated already by the people who've already made the, been making the record. I don't personally don't see any point in it at all, but a lot of people seem to live by it now, and they seem to think it's essential that some famous guy is brought in t- to remix a record that someone else has already made. It does make a difference in certain cases, and obviously a lot of the guys that are getting employed to do it are remarkably good at what they do. And, and in some ways, it's it's quite interesting. If you're given something just to mix that you haven't recorded or had, had no previous experience of, you are listening to it with fresh ears. You don't have any of yeah. the emotive baggage that you went through to record it very yeah. often. So, and, and on occasion, I'm asked to mix records for people, which I happen to really enjoy doing. Uh, for that reason, because I don't have any any kind of preconception of what it should have been or what it sounded like a week ago or how wonderful it sounded the night he put the vocal on or all that. I just put it up and do, do my thing on it, you know. Well, you, you know, you talk about capturing that live sound of the band. And I think that's why so many of these records have stayed with us, because it, it, you get that feeling of what it's like to be with The Who, with Led Zeppelin, with the Rolling Stones. And I, I don't know whether we'll ever get back to that type of feeling again, you know? Neither do I. And I, I think it's very sad. I mourn the passing of uh, what you just said, which yeah. is absolutely true. And uh, there are obviously there are, and hopefully there will continue to be a few people who who have the same sentiment that I do, my son being one um, but it would be criminal if if that process was to disappear altogether and I know I sound like a boring old fart but but i 'm not I do appreciate what goes on now I, yeah. I mean and I understand there are some extraordinarily talented people using modern methods and they 'll continue to reinvent the wheel as it were but it's not something I particularly identify with on the one hand, and I do, I'm not terribly sure it's particularly brilliant for music as, uh, as I know it anyway. I, 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 don't, I say in the book, the, the, the recording process was originally invented in order to capture the performance of a piece of music by a group of people. And what's happened to it now, what it's trans- transmogrified into, it's affecting the way music's written, 
the process is yeah. and the way it's performed when it's recorded. So the boot's on the wrong foot to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's affect, certainly affected the way people write. And that's what, I mean, all these records that we're talking about, it was great musicianship, but also the fact that you had some unbelievable writers as young men. Yes. Uh, you bring up yes. Pete Townsend. Yes. You were there hearing his demos. Yes. That alone would be a mind-blowing thing. Oh, absolutely. And I was surrounded by him. Pete, Pete was at the head of the queue, I guess. But mm-hmm. even, you know, it's interesting, Pete, Pete would come with demos that he'd recorded himself in his own studio which was a sophisticated studio it wasn't you know a cassette player and a yeah you know a little mic um he so he's a very talented engineer uh, in fact so and i found myself competing with his demos <laughs> uh, in fact i would steal things from his demos and use them on the records very often and the, the band would play to stuff that i played into them from from the demos um the reverse of that is the rolling stones who who would write in the studio uh, Keith would have this four bars or a riff or something, yeah. or half a riff even, and he'd develop it with Bill and Charlie playing along with him over a period of hours. And Mick would be part of the process. He'd, he'd appear and he'd start singing along, mumble anything, you know, mm. to come up with a top line, a melody line. And he'd obviously invariably go away and write a lyric that became the, the song at the end of the day. But it was a totally different process. But equally, although it, it became quite boring because it went on for a rather long period of time, it was very stimulating to watch that going and see how it all came together. Because we're talking about songs that, you know, have now lasted that time. Yes. And they were being put together with you... Yeah, there in the room. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It is extraordinary, and I feel very fortunate. I can tell you now. Well, when you look at some of these bands, uh, Rolling Stones, who, the Faces, which I think was one of the great live bands of all time, is there a, a common thread to them and Led Zeppelin? Is there something that makes that that you can look at mathematically and say, okay, this is how you make a great rock and roll band. <laughs> <laughs> no, there no, there isn't. And uh, thank God, yeah. even, frankly. And equally, if I did know, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be <laughs> building. Me. I'd be building one somewhere. Um, no, they're all. Listen, they're all different characters, and the, and it's it's the personalities as just as much as the musicianship of the individuals that goes to make a, the success or failure of a band, or uh, and the combination of said same uh, that makes it slightly different, and that's the puzzle of it all. And yeah. I, God knows why that particular period of time had such a monstrous effect on popular music of the day, and and has lasted that long. And, um, you know, the, I think it, it sort of started going adrift in the, by about 1975-6 or something right. like that. And, and I sort of sensed it coming. People seemed to be dissatisfied. They got bored with it, really. I mean, it was yeah. the same old, same old. And what followed, uh, for me, not for many, many other people, I didn't particularly associate with punk. With yeah. One of the things that came. So, um, but something had to happen. And... Something will happen tomorrow, and something will happen next month that'll hopefully continue the process that we're all going through, and hopefully it'll have some musicality to it. But we can look back on it now as a true golden age, you know, the late Without six, any question. Yeah. There and, would have been many golden ages. Yeah. And people say, oh, there'll never be anything like that again. Who knows? Who, who really knows what created that, that experience for us then? Right. I, got, I don't really know. But I think that those, like that period, is the same way people look at the novels from like the 1930s, where people are like, yeah. oh my God, all these great yeah. novels would go to Paris and they would and one guy after another but you can go back and look 
to the albums of that time and still put it on and feel get that feeling back i mean it's still there well you know what one of the saddest things to me now is the way m- music is listened to yes uh, the format that it's listened to in is disgraceful uh kids now w- w- well they wouldn't know a, a good sound system if they fell over it and it, back in our day we would sit we'd get a record we'd yeah. be waiting for it we'd go home, we'd put it or we'd fight it we'd invariably not to your home because you couldn't didn't have a decent enough sound equipment but you go to the, your mate who had the really good gear yeah. and you'd sit down in the middle of two speakers and you'd listen to the whole album and you'd get this great bass from it Nobody does that anymore. No, it's... it's and actually, do, I wouldn't want to do it with anything that's being made now anyway, necessarily. I mean, that's a bit of a, a bit of a stretch. Of the, I mean, I'm, being, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying. The, the whole experience and the way we made records... I made albums. I didn't make singles. I never... Sure. never I mean, it was always a statement of where the artist was at at that time. I always worked with songwriters. So it was a complete experience, you know. And and that was what we... we it's a little bit like a sonic movie, if you like. And, yes. And... We all, you included, I'm sure, were benefited tremendously from that experience. And now kids don't know, they don't know what that is. Well, you know... They don't have the time. Never mind about anything else, it seems. That, that, but the thrill of it, the thrill of somebody Fantastic. got the new album. Are you kidding? Yeah. You're going yeah. there. Yeah. Everyone's listening to yeah. it. You know, yeah. at first there's almost a fear yeah. factor. Yes. Of, Are they going to, is, is it, it going to be gonna any happen? good? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then you would yeah. sometimes decide, I need to own this. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. can I borrow this? Can I, yeah. can, you know, but that thing of, and also that music was who our tribes were, that if somebody was into a different sound than you, you guys probably drifted away from each other. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? So that. With respect. Yeah, with <laughs> respect. <laughs> but you would just. Uh, and if you met a new person, there would be this odd chill if they would say, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not in Exile Main Street. You would be like, I thought, I thought we were just, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, ma- making yeah. a friendship. It's uh, over yeah. now. <laughs> It's done. But, you know, so much of it, like you said, each part of this was important. The the passion that went into the writing, the the passion that went into the um, recording, and then later the passion into the... The, the touring, it just felt like we were living with such incredible passion around us at the time. Uh, you couldn't bluff it. You could not bluff it the way you can. Now you'd be today. found out in a, in a New York minute. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly when you came to New York, you'd find out quick. Or yeah. Philadelphia, where yeah. they'd throw stuff at you yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. couldn't back oh, it they, up. Oh, don't worry, mate. They used yeah. to throw stuff at us when we were kids. <laughs> there, was a, there was a gig we used to do in, in Bermondsey in London where, where they had a chicken wire across the front of the stage because the audience would throw pennies and bottles and anything if they didn't like it. So they throw things everywhere. Um, it's, the, the book is Sound Man, and it was, it's an extraordinary time, but uh, I'll ask you another thing about bands you take a band like the faces who i think if they would have held it together would be there with the rolling stones you recorded them uh, and some of the songs on that album i think are some of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time how come that band couldn't stay together and the rolling stones could stay together it was, it was, that's really simple it, it 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 formed as a result of the small faces splitting up mm-hmm. and they got they they brought Ronnie uh, Wood and Rod Stewart in, and Rod Stewart 
was for it was great lead singer for the band without any question at all but he had in parallel already started a solo career and he had i think i think it might have been maggie Matt, i don't know but he had a massive success in the united states and particularly it was probably everywhere really but i remember on the last record we were doing it there was quite a lot of conflict because he was He'd be, he had a big hit record on his own. But the uh, faces were playing on a lot of, of those songs. Well, Woody was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't think Kenny was playing a lot of them, but that's, that's not the end of that. It, it wasn't all the faces, it was Woody. Yeah. So, so um, underst- quite understandably, I suppose, he's, his nose was sort of pulled up and led yeah. away, and he went off and, and did stuff on his own, and that's why the band broke up. So if Mick would have had one solo hit somewhere else, the Rolling Stones might have been over. No, no. Well, you can't say that. We're talking yeah. again. We're talking about individuals. No one's the same. Rod's, yeah. Rod's different to Mick. Completely, mm. they're completely different characters. And I can't possibly answer for what Mick would have done if he'd have had a solo, uh, uh, solo career. I, I don't think it's wrong for anyone in a band, particularly if it's been together. The faces weren't together that long, yeah. relatively. But certainly, if you've been in a band for twenty years, there's nothing wrong with you going and making a solo album. I think that's refreshing. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to do the same thing forever. Give it a go. You know. Uh, you talk about uh, Graham Nash in the book and just how uh, he is one of those people that has, to me, has lived, you know, eight or ten lives all at the same time. <laughs> uh, okay. And then you know his solo work was extraordinary. He's with David Crosby. It's a different sound. Yes. Add Stephen Stills. It's different. You know, yes. it's amazing. Yeah. How many places he could go with that? And of course, the Hollies to begin with. Uh, the Hollies were a fantastic band. Yeah, and and there was there was uh, they were all they were the same. You know, they were mm-hmm. all sorry they weren't the same. They were all very different guys, but but they were equally as good. Uh, 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 I, I, I say in the book, I, I'm he won't give a monkey, but I'm terribly proud of him that he broke away from Manchester and the yeah. great and great men with the Hollies and was accepted by some pretty heavy characters in Crosby, sure. Stills, Nash & Young. That, I think, well, I'm sure I feel very proud of him for being able to do that and being recognised as the talent that he is in America at that time. It was pretty cool. And and he's held his head up ever since. I mean, he's he's contributed. He's a very intelligent man, uh, as well as being a fine musician yeah. and songwriter. And I think he's contributed enormously to... Uh, to our, all of our listening pleasure over the yeah, years. Well, that song to a beginner's album, which I mixed with him, which was the first time I ever actually did anything with him, I think it's a remarkable record. It's very simple. Yeah. Really basic, simple stuff, but great songs. Uh, I would agree, and, and that kind of songwriting is always am- amazing. When you see how his songwriting changed, you know what I mean? It kind of matured. Not everybody yes. can do that. They get stuck no. into Absolutely. a certain sound. Absolutely. But uh, for you, when you hear, can you hear a song and say to yourself, I think this one could be a, a big hit, or do they? is it still a mystery to you? I've never been able to say that. I mean, obviously, what you, you get an idea that it, it, other people might like it, yeah. <laughs> which is what you're trying to do. But you never know if a song's going to... I mean, anybody who tells you that, their memory's not very good. Uh, OK, there have been, there've been a few occasions where I felt very strongly about, about what I was witnessing, my generation, Brother Who being one, uh, All Down, All of the Night by the Kinks. Unbelievable. Uh, 
Oh, won't get fooled again. We talked about yeah. uh, "Take It Easy" by the Eagles. Uh, lots of Stone stuff, "Honky Tonk Woman." Uh, there, there are many things that I've been in the room when they've been recorded, and I thought they were amazing and breaking the rules and you know changing the whatever. But you still don't, you know, you're in you're in a room in Barnes in London or whatever <laughs> with a bunch of guys playing something that's you're blown away by, but you don't really know if everyone else is going to get it the same way you do. And then I guess by the time those records are released, you're working on another record. You're back in the recording studio. Absolutely. So you're not even part of what's happening on the radio and what the kids were thinking. Once, once the, the record is mastered, it leaves my control. And, and I just give it over and I'm on to something else. Yeah, well, I'm usually on to something else before then. I might be on the second album down the road by the time it gets released or or it does anything. So, yeah. uh, You also recorded amazing stuff. The early Joan Armatrain work oh, is yeah. just phenomenal. And where does somebody like that come from? How does somebody like that come into your life? She was, uh, I was approached by the record company. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Derek Green in London, who was running A&M in London, um, got me to go and see her via Chuck Kay in L.A., who, who was running the A&R department in L.A. at the time. She was playing in, in Washington. And I went and saw her play. And I didn't get it at all. I, the sound was terrible. The band was too big. She didn't communicate with the audience. And it was really sort of misleading, really. It didn't get who she was at all. And then I then said, oh, I don't, this isn't for me. And I went back to London, and Derek called me and said, well, you're wrong, you know, she's fantastic. And I said, well, I didn't get it. I said, well, why don't we just meet up and she can play me a song or two face-to-face, -face. which we did. And I was blown away. I mean, there it was. It was just extraordinary. I remember hearing that stuff saying, thinking to myself, A, I've never heard anything like that no, right. before. And then B, this isn't, shouldn't even be the type of music that I like. You know what <laughs> I mean? There was something it's about very, that. very, very interesting you yeah. should say that. I, I never thought it wasn't music I should like necessarily. <laughs> but to be honest with you, uh, I was fascinated by it yeah. because I didn't really understand. I mean, I'm used to one or several genres of music up until mm -hmm. that point, which I dissected and put together and whatever else. It was a huge challenge to work with her, which is what one always wants, of course. And, and to, I mean, to put a rhythm section together capable of playing with her it's was phenomenal. difficult. Yeah. And so my whole experience with Joan was absolutely fantastic because she took me down a road I had no idea either even identify with, yeah. let alone contribute to. And, and uh, so it was very gratifying on many levels working with Joan. I'm terribly proud of the records I made with Joan. Well, the, they're, they're phenomenal. And uh, like I said, it was just, it was so interesting to get something so foreign to, you know, to my own taste and fall madly in love with it. Just <laughs> madly in love with it. Brilliant. And I think that's what we're talking about in the book that these albums are are love affairs for most of us the music that you could fall in love with and it stays with you throughout your life um that's a fantastic achievement for for the artists involved yeah. and uh, how wonderful that would be to 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 uh, well it, and it has been for me to be part of i tell you yeah. uh sound man is the name of the book and like i said if you enjoy the classic rock of this era and you're still looking back at it after all this time trying to figure out how did that happen how did this all take place and and could it happen again here's a gentleman who was there for all of it and um, Glenn Johns, thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been a great pleasure. A great pr pleasure for me, too. And I'll see you the next time coming through. Absolutely.
Scott Fish Show is back. Sebastian Maniscalco is in studio. His special, Aren't You Embarrassed, premieres this Friday, November 14th at 11 p.m. on Showtime. And he's performing at Side Splitters in Tampa, Florida, November 20th through the 22nd. Good to see you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Dude, there's so much happening for you right now, too. Yeah, a lot going on. I got the special on Showtime uh, Friday night. I got uh, Jimmy Fallon I'm doing for the first time in New York City, which is exciting. I got my mom out here, my wife, my mother-in-law, my I- mother's friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how long have you been at it before this type I of stuff started? I started in 1998. Wow. Uh, I came out uh, from Chicago, Illinois, to Los Angeles, and... Uh, just start hitting the pavement, you know, just doing open mics and, and just putting my head down and, and doing stand-up. And when did it all start to feel like it's coming together for you now, like it is now? Um, It's funny, it spurts, you know, yeah. like two and a half years ago I had a special come out on Showtime and you had that, you know, this the same type of uh, heat around it, but now for some reason it really seems a little different, uh, just because I'm on another stage as a comedian mm-hmm. I feel a lot more comfortable in what I'm doing, not that I didn't before, but as time goes on and, and you start doing your act over and over and over again, nuances that I'm feeling now. I feel like everything's kind of hitting on all cylinders. You got that thing that always works for me, is the street guy who's also likable. It's very hard to have both. I was just talking to Chris, we were talking about David Brenner. David Brenner people don't realize would fucking knock you out if Mm. you gave him even the slightest bit of shit. And yet... Everybody loved him on stage, but I know where he's, uh, what part of Philadelphia he grew up in. Really rough neighborhood. And he was one of those guys that would, if he needed to, be right there. And there's something about street guys that I think is like one of the best things that you can bring to a stage. It's funny. I have an appearance like yeah. I grew up on Halstead Street in <laughs> yeah. Chicago, yeah. but I grew up in the northwest suburbs of Arlington Heights. Right. So, you know, I... I I had a lot of guys in that area that I hung out with, but to be honest with you, I wasn't fighting on a daily basis growing up. I was the kid who, I remember in second grade, a guy by the name of Mark Wright came up to me, wanted to start a fight with me. I go, listen, guy, I can't fight you. Because I'm wearing my nice slacks today. <laughs> like, I was more afraid what my father was going to say if right. I came home and dirtied up the black slacks. So I wasn't a, I wasn't a big brawler. But I have that mentality. Of but a, see, there's the thing that people think, like, to be straight, that you always have to be fighting. But the fact of the matter is, you have to have all the options open. Yeah. You have to be ready to hop a fence if that comes up, <laughs> talk your way out of it, yeah, yeah. or win that tough guy over. Yeah. It's always an important thing to go, all right, is there the alpha dog? How do I make him laugh? What can I tease him about mm-hmm. that he is going to also laugh and I get pissed off about? Yeah, it's I absolutely a, agree it, with you. It is a skill that we don't teach in our schools. Mm-hmm. But you know, now we're acting like bullying is the worst thing that could ever happen. But really what it does for a lot of people is just set up options. Yeah. How do I get around this thing mm-hmm. that's happening? Absolutely. And uh yeah, and I took what you were meaning uh, as far as street by by fighting. Just but fighting. But you're definitely right. You got to I got a sense of people and who's bad, who's good. And, yeah. and and even my wife didn't grow up this way. She grew up in the south, so she's not used to 
you know, she'll she'll befriend somebody and I'll meet them. I go, ain't that something's wrong with this guy, right? You know? Yeah, and she don't even see that. She's like, yeah. ah, they're nice, and I go, something's off. And that I, I think comes from the ability to you know have this quote unquote street smart, right? That you're, that you're referring to. Tell me a little bit about the special that you got going on too. The uh, aren't you embarrassed? What's happening there? Uh, aren't you embarrassed? Uh, it's like a two-parter. The first part of the this, this show sets up kind of how I grew up with my immigrant father. My mm -hmm. father is from Sheffaloo, Sicily. Came to the United States when he was 15 years old. And uh, has that immigrant mentality. You mm -hmm. know, uh, it's basically been on my back my entire life to this day you know comes to my shows and comes in the back uh, of, of the dressing room with a laundry list of bits that I didn't do <laughs> he goes what are you doing out there you know so it's this pressure of having this like overbearing Italian father who, uh -huh. who definitely wants the best for me and is super proud but never is is teaching me to rest at where you're at you know because he's mm -hmm. got a lot of people coming to these shows in chicago when i come home and, and his first thing out of uh, his mouth is i hope you got new material <laughs> <laughs> these people pay 30 dollars last time they don't want to see the same thing you know it's funny to have your your dad involved in your life and i just read dice's book mm -hmm. and his dad was there with him from the beginning whereas like his dad was booking dates when he had like five minutes yeah he had like five minutes his dad's working the phones yeah yeah, that Dice, Dice's dad, I think, was his manager for a while. Yeah, he was his manager for yeah. decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father's not my manager, but he is he's more... He's involved. He's involved in yeah. some way or another. And what's funny is he probably would be involved no matter what business you went into. Well, yeah. listen, before it was comedy, it was soccer. I mean, he used to come to my uh, my soccer games, my soccer practices. My yeah. dad's a barber. Well, he's not a barber. He's a, he's a stylist. <laughs> he doesn't like to be referred to as a, as a barber. He gets, like, offended. So after after the salon, he used to come watch my, my soccer practice, but he didn't used to... He, stay on the sidelines he would be about a hundred yards out <laughs> with a fedora on and a black trench coat and the kids are like who the hell is that guy i go it's my father he wants to make sure i'm crossing the ball all right i mean so so he's always been a part of my life of whatever i'm doing and you're right yeah. if it was accounting he'd probably be telling me how to do accounting he's just he's he's very involved in what i'm doing no, will you be that way in your kid's life, or are you like, give them a little room? Listen, my wife is going to give the kids room, enough room. Yeah. I got to come in and balance that out. Because <laughs> my wife, she, she grew up in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. She's sweet. She's nice. She's so open-minded. And I, you know, we, we're a good balance because I think when it comes to raising kids, I'm going to be the guy who has to enforce some type of discipline because my wife ain't going to do it. Sebastian, Manis uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah. Way to be on. We caught you sleeping anyway. Aren't you embarrassed, Mears, this Friday? He not, he's not here because me and him are best buddies. He's got things to promote. Like his special on Showtime, premiering this Friday, November 14th at 11 p.m. And he's performing at Side Splitters in Tampa, Florida, November 20th through the 22nd. And guys, we have Bobby Lee. He stopped by. He just wanted to come in and say hello real quick. Oh, you know Bobby Lee? I love Bobby Lee. Let's bring him in. He came to my wedding. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We'll make it a nice little surprise for him while I put you guys back together. Bobby, what is going hey, on here? Hey! hey. 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 
How you doing? Hey. Hey. Bobby, good to see hey, you. I remember you. Yeah, from when we were on ONA show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the way you said everybody's <laughs> last names. They what? were fairly close. I don't know them by their uh, first name, only their last name. Okay. Manascarco. And I'm Leeds. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. What are you doing here? I'm doing Fallon and doing some press for the Showtime special. I'm so sorry. He's doing television, everybody. Yeah, remember when you used to do I'm TV? just doing clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm promoting a club, guys. But, but there was a time, Bobby. There was a there time. There was a time. Yeah. What happened? I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> the other agents came up. I can't say the G word, right? Yeah, you got to say it. Gooks? No. Oh, 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 I didn't think that was a G word. Oh, no. That was a different G oh, word. Girls. Yes. Girls, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls came up. So the worst thing for you yes. is that you opened the door. Yeah. Then others came in. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, things aren't that bad. I was just on the league, and I played American Indian with Down... Uh, Asian American with Down Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So, stare... wrote that for me. Right. Yeah. And I show up to makeup, and they I go, what are you guys going to do? Put prosthetics? And they go, no, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You <laughs> yeah, got yeah. it all. So, maybe I have Down so Syndrome. You, <laughs> you were at Sebastian's wedding. I did go to your wedding. I, yeah. I, I drove... What was that? It was in Napa. He yeah. came up from Los Angeles. He drove, which was about a six and a half, seven hour uh, drive. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve well, hours. The way I drive, yeah. Asian driving. <laughs> Asian driving. It's a different thing. Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weekend, right? Yeah. This guy comes up for like dinner and then drives back. <laughs> Get a room or something. Relax. It's respect. It's respect. Yeah, because I wanted to say hello to the, the Maniscalco family. Yeah, but yeah, why I mean, did you I saw stay? The right? And I said hello i wore a tie yeah. took some photos yeah mm -hmm. got back in my prius and drove home and that was it yeah but yeah i was there yeah he and came I, yeah. Uh, but i was like I i'm about to get emotional go ahead all right you made me cry twice yeah because i cried i know but dude it's when you cry because i didn't think that you could ever cry Oh, dude, I'm sensitive. I, I, I cry at Undercover Boss. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know that at the time. So when you busted out in the tears, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could not control myself. It's like my well, dad crying. Yeah, but he's Sicilian. That they're raised he's, to cry. It's yeah. not. But it's, he's he's strength though. Yeah, but that's part of the strength. strength. Right. With, uh, right. See, they see that as strength. You know balance. What I mean? Balance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, now I can't get him to hang out with me at all in LA though. Come well, on. we hang. That, that we was went somebody to that one else. Time, that diner, that one time. I invited you over to my house. You come over to my house. You walked around. You left. I, know, I mean, because you... it's like Andy Warhol's like living room. It's like there's paintings and, and, and art deco everywhere. I can't, I, can't, I can't be there. Really? Now, do you feel like you live in Andy Warhol's living room? No. His <laughs> wife, his beautiful wife, right, yeah. is an, a great artist, mm -hmm. right? And he is a successful comedian, right? So they have nice furniture. Yeah. It's a nice place. Yeah. I'm, I'm a dirty ethnic. Okay. I am. So I'm not. I'm not gonna hide from it right i'm a dirty person so you would feel better with like a dirt floor hut that you're just crouching <laughs> yeah, yeah. crouching down right yeah with the, the hat yeah right? yeah and i like to do that yeah you know that would and be smoke, better and go nang, 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 you know what, yeah. I mean? what do you do I can nang, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so bobby I would, I, if i want to live in your mustache i said that earlier, <laughs> it's like a grass hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh bobby where are you playing you said you wanted I'm to plug bananas bananas oh hasbro yes. can i just say this though yeah and i just i'm going to it's because you're, you know, Chris. Levity Live is one of my favorite clubs to play of all time. Right? Uh, and I want to say this to you, Chris. Okay, is is that last week I tried to get bananas 
cancel. But I love Bananas. It's a great club, right? And I can't wait to play it. <laughs> but because I just played your room, it's the same market, and I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I'm happy to play Bananas, but I didn't know Chris was going to be here. <laughs> but see, surprise. <laughs> I, 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 I love you. No, no, seriously. I love the. I right, the your I ass is out. You're on the floor. But, I love all of it. But, Bobby, so much of this stuff would be better if you said it off the air. This is not the thing that people say in front of a microphone. You just, I know. You know, you would go over to but Chris and go, look. you're thinking on. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, that I doesn't know. help. Can you just rewind? No, I, no. This it's is life. This is actually it's here. Out there. Yeah. If yeah this I love was, bananas. I've yeah. never played it before. <laughs> But it's going to be great. Yeah, but you don't even need to bring any of that up. Everybody, yeah. yeah, yeah. Chris is a great wedding, though. Yeah, great <laughs> wedding. Yeah, yeah. It was really fancy, though. Yeah, yeah. it was nice. Yeah, so was you nice feel party. like you're you're in trouble because you came in and you saw Chris sitting here. And you're no, like, I just because oh, yeah, Chris is one of those guys. He's such a. I love you, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. All right. I'm good. I'm not worried. You don't have to explain. Yeah, I don't have to explain anything. I know. I play bananas too. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, we're good. We're good, dude. Yeah. I love you. Stop. I'm just saying, Don't be though, silly. Uh, can I just say this, though? I want to get emotional again. Yeah, okay. okay. This is nice. This is that I love Gotham and I love Lovely Life. That's all I want to say. But... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Bobby does this, but when you cry, yeah. your tears go up. I don't know how you do, how you do that. That's, that should be your ending bit. Yeah, because I, I, I don't really. I'm not really sad. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the problem. The tears actually come out, right? And it comes back into my body. But. I heard you on O and A today. Yes. It got a little. It got a little crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah. He, Here's the thing: I say yeah. things because I feel like I'm in my living room, and then I yeah. say it, and then I and I get into big trouble. Well, what did you say wrong today? Well, um, my girlfriend and I. I uh, talked about my girlfriend yeah. and I private issues. Right. And, and then I also talked about like uh, having um, a sexual um, with my cousin. Right. <laughs> so that stuff. Sure. That's, See, it's too yeah. Can you guys, swear right? on this or no? Yes. You can. Yeah. When I was 12, I got drunk with my cousin and something might have happened. What was his name? I can't say that. Yeah, okay, so you keep that He's quiet. alive. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. And he's American, so he understands everything I'm saying. <laughs> what? See, he's got no filter. No filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no, right. No, I'm constantly editing yeah. what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, there's just, just things that are kind of private. This yeah. guy, yeah, this guy, 12 years old. 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why him and I get along because he's the exact opposite of me. Yeah, the exact opposite. Exact. I see him at the <laughs> club, right? And I just, I just say, tell him everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I couldn't jerk off the other day because of this and this and whatever. And he doesn't want to hear it. But you know, what I mean, that's what makes our relationship great. You know. Right, let me ask this to Chris because <laughs> because we're so different. You know. Yeah, but th this is the interesting for Chris because a great club owner and all. Oh, the you, best. But how do you these? How do you figure out who should come in? Because these guys are exact opposite and yet you're seeing the value of both of them to your audience i love them all yeah you know it's like look a restaurant serves many meals right 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 it's all different that's right that's nice. right that's a really good right, analogy so you're, yeah. they're both great comedians so oh. you're running a, an asian sicilian kind of food <laughs> that's right yeah. Yeah. chinese yeah. italian yeah. <laughs> you know at the end of the day it's like we get laughs right right and we just do our job. We do it in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Sebastian's an amazing comedian, right? right? And so, you know, I've done... I do stand-up, but I also do sketch. I do all kinds of things, right? But we're both valid in the world. Yeah. 
Right. I understand, but like Sebastian comes in, he's thought his stuff out, he's working on his career, he's doing stuff, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you come in and you're just bouncing off the walls. Yeah, I know. It's like someone let a moth in. You're just like, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's over here, he's it's over fear. there. It's fear. A naked moth. <laughs> it, that's what it is. I'm yeah. scared and I don't know what to say, so I just say things. <laughs> right. That's what it is. You just let it go. Yeah, I let it go, and I yeah. tell you, you know, things are just, whatever. Fez, wouldn't that be, see, Fez goes the opposite. Fez has terrible monster, fear, so. Yeah. and then you... Implode, Fez. You. I go way inside, yeah. where I'm like buried somewhere deep inside but, my own self. But you've got eleven stents in your heart from pulling that down in, and he lets himself just run around and have fun, and it's it's amusing. You should you should let that fear be your fuel. That's what you should. Oh, do. that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's perfectly healthy. Yeah, we saw his ass. What, what, what? All right. Say, well, I didn't show a bit today. Yeah, I didn't show anything today. Went a whole different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're really fearful, call Sebastian. I'll have his dad have the guy killed. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> that's how we take care uh, of things. Cut your hair. So you shot the Showtime special. Shot the Showtime right. special, well, which I wasn't invited, but that's fine. And um, why would you? I'd like to watch it. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have came anyway. Yes, I would have come. No. But was it shot in LA? You drove to Chicago. No, Chicago. I wouldn't come. No, you Yeah, yeah. But okay, so you're Showtime, and then you're doing what? The and then the Jimmy Fallon tonight or tomorrow night, Friday night. Do you get uh, nervous for those still? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not nervous. I'm just working on the beginning of it. Yeah, but the beginning got, to get into it. The set exactly where you you want it to be. Sets all there. The materials yeah. all there. It's just getting into the set. I like to maybe kind of come out there and maybe make a reference to what's going on. You right. know, it just just Why to don't we bring in the crowd. Yeah. We'll videotape it. We'll shoot the set. We'll put it up right before you go on Fallon, and we'll make the announcement. <laughs> We're Stealing this from Jimmy Fallon <laughs> right now. Don't bother watching his show. Yeah. And see if you ever get invited back. See okay. what happens. I then. only did one late night, and after yeah. I did, I said, I'll never do it again. What did you do? I did Leno. Yeah. And after I did, I go, and I did good. You know, I yeah. paneled and everything. And I said to myself, I'll never do it again. Why? I couldn't sleep for two days before. It was like a panic. So you would, that's too high. It's just not fun, you know right. what I mean? It's just not fun. Success isn't fun. Well, it's not that. It's just I just don't like pressurized stand up. I like loose stand up. You mm-hmm. know, I could relate to that. When so you, to- you don't want to do a set five minutes and have it yeah, all planned you out. You write down every single word and it has to be exactly the way you see. You know what I mean? It's like, doesn't, it's not fun, you know? Like when you did your show for, for um, Access, yeah. Yeah. I hosted it. Yeah. You know what Chris said? What's that? Mansono? You know what he said to me? Really, <laughs> 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 too. He goes, hey, kid. Call me kid, like yeah. old school. Sure. Kiddo, do whatever you want. And that's respect. And that's life. And, but that's, that's, and that's art. But that's great. And, and but, commerce. But that, and by the way, that is a great show that you have there. But Thanks. that's one type of TV. This is a different type of TV. like Corporate TV. Even, like selling Coca-Cola. Is well, that yeah, I guess so. But it's also measured for the ages. That You know what I mean? Like uh, people can look. People look back at Tonight Show sets from 40 years ago. No one has know? ever in the history of my career has said, I loved you on The Tonight Show. Never happened. Not once. What show do they say? I love you on this. Well, Mad TV, some movies and stuff like yeah. that. You know, the Dictator. We love you on the Dictator. I go, thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just did the league. They say you're good, fine. That's fine. Right. Never Tonight Show. Okay, so no one watched the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. All those ratings were a lie. Well, they probably didn't see me. Right. They probably went, oh, let's watch you know, Channel Eight when I'm going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They probably thought I was Dad Fan or something. You know what I mean? No, I love him. Uh, and God bless you. Yeah, but God you, bless your dad. Too bad. You're- <laughs> Too bad you let him in the door. I know. Yeah. Now, but, Chris, uh, I want you to. Chris is going to do some plugs. Yeah. So everybody knows Thank where you. they're going. 
Bobby Lee, he's in studio. He'll be performing at Bananas Comedy Club in New Jersey tomorrow, oh, geez, that's November like, 14th. That's like an affront to Chris. And Saturday, November 15th. This is rough. Wait till we leave here. Chris yeah. is going to turn him in. Chris is going to just grab his ears. How dare you play another club other than mine? I got on my hands and knees and everything. Yeah, I Not saw me. that. <laughs> yeah. And Sebastian Maniscalco is in studio. His special, Aren't You Embarrassed, premieres this Friday, November 14th at 11 p.m. on Showtime. And it'll be on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon this Friday. And it's performing at Side Splitters in Tampa, Florida, November 20th through the 22nd. Aren't You Embarrassed is the name of that special. And what, what had you go in that direction? I just walk around on a daily basis and, and, and say to myself, aren't you embarrassed? I mean, uh-huh. just watching people behave. I mean, go around New York City, walk around, and it's just no shame. People do whatever they want to do. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where I kind of got the whole idea of, of naming it Aren't You Embarrassed? And, uh, and again, it incorporates how I came up with this mentality. Why are you looking like you're going to faint? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking. And you're going, I'm, 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 I'm on every word. I'm really listening to everything you're saying. And I don't listen to people, but I like them. So you know, we're friends. So I'm listening to every word. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, that's how it came about. This you know what? I, I got an idea for a documentary, just you two on a car trip from New York to L.A. Oh, just, we'll just put a couple and just yeah, yeah. see what happens. I mean, he and I would fight the whole way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You were similar. No? Well. <laughs> <laughs> no now, similarities. What, what, no similarities. I mean, the, the similar, humans. The simi- yeah. similarities we have is uh, you know we're both in the same business, but as far as personality is concerned, yeah. I mean, it's night and day. I know, but the thing is that we talk all the time. Yeah, like, no, when we I get see, along. I, I, honestly, if I see Seb at a club, him and I will look at each other. Let's go. Let's go around the corner yeah. and we will just talk what's going on with our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't have that rapport with I, maybe one or two other guys. Right. You know what so I mean? what so is it's it like, about? I don't know what it is. Okay. I think what, uh, partly is because I saw him the very first time he went yeah, out. Is that right? He hosted the show and he was awful. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh-huh. I mean, he, one of the worst things I've ever seen. He, <laughs> I mean, he was wearing a t- cut-off Goomba, you know what I mean? Yeah. Chain, right? Uh, I don't Something know. Something like that. It was, I think it was a jean button-up with yeah. fringe oh. on the shoulder. Okay. Something like that. Sleeveless. Yeah. yeah. When's that coming back? When is that look coming back? <laughs> I don't know. I, I used to love those. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I started wearing sleeves until, what, a couple years ago? Yeah. And that was like the Italian outfit. <laughs> but can I say something about Sebastian is, is mm-hmm. that... You know, I've been in the game a long time, you know, and the thing is, is that you watch people grow, mm-hmm. and this guy literally became the best comic in the country. I, I really, was just talking to him I about it. I literally believe that. I, I, yeah. I'm not even lying about it. Like, you know, I know I come from a different school or the way we approach comedy, mm-hmm. but in terms of the actual craft of it, right, he's up there with Jenny, and in terms of joke writing, it's unfucking believable. And, and, it's very nice. No, and, and comics watch him and go, like, I, you know, when Delia and I watched you one night, Chris Delia, mm-hmm. and we went, yeah, the hands down one of the best in, in the country. You know, and, it's, it's, and it's like, I really believe that he's going to be one of the biggest guys. Because he, you know what, mm-hmm. when he, when we used to come to my house to audition, mm-hmm. he's a great actor. I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah. I've been in movies, and I would mm-hmm. sit there and go, you're going to get this. Right. But he wouldn't. <laughs> so you were wrong. Can you, can you, let, that listen, surprised can, me. That turn at the end. Can you believe yeah. Bobby Lee is my acting coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? What? He's you don't great. Like my yeah. work in Harold and Kumar. Yeah. No, I mean he was like we would go to his house. By the way, his yeah. house looks like Disneyland. There's so many figurines. 
Dad at his home. Dad took your home. kids in. That's not why. But it seems weird. Yeah. It seems weird. But, you know, I was just telling them before you come in, I go, everybody's, you know, the buzz on him is incredible. Yeah. Everybody's talking. But, you know, it's so funny you bringing up Richard Jenny because uh, Ron White just brought him up to me yesterday. Yeah. Everybody's kind of thinking about him again. He was yeah. such a great writer. I used to know him uh, very, very well. I mean, I, I great guy. Did, did yeah. Know, I didn't know him personally, but as a craftsman, you have to yeah. appreciate it. Like, yeah. wow. And he, Sebastian, I swear to God, has the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like... He's like, you know, it's it's not even observational. It's it is on a surface, but it's deeper than that. It's his own real point of view, and it's like you don't see right. that anymore. Well, that's the thing that you know we talk about. Where you got to keep stay at this a while because when a person becomes comfortable with themselves, and it's a it's a kind of a difficult thing to do on stage yeah. to to be that person that you actually are, and that's you know this thing of are you aren't you embarrassed because you were saying. I I have a different view of the world than the society I live in mm-hmm. anymore, you know? Yeah, that's pretty much... Uh, and I don't agree with him when he's on, on stage. Like, I go, I don't know... Like, that whole bit about how people waiting in line, like, in the costumes for movies, I'm the one that does that. Yeah, well, that's... I've um, waited in line for video games at midnight. Yeah, that that, that is the, that is the difference. But you right. could laugh at yourself. No, no I don't laugh at myself. No, I, I'm <laughs> really like into it. You know what I mean? Like I can't believe that. Like I, I'm gonna get this game. Well, stop. No, just stop. What man. you guys don't understand is this. Okay, <laughs> is is that a video game is like you know it's like the most exciting. It's like having sex. Mm-hmm. You know when you have sex with a girl for the first time. That's what it feels like. And then you have sex with a video game yes, for the I first do. time. And they always break. <laughs> It ruins the machine. Yeah. I actually have to go because I have a meeting at two. Okay, I love you guys my, so much. My, my friend, Thanks for the opportunity. I love you, buddy. Take care. Thanks, I'm going to see you soon. Coming in. All right. All right, man. I take care. I want to do longer next time. Yeah, yeah. Do longer. Yeah, do you, longer next time? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I want to live in your mustache. Okay. There he goes. <laughs> it takes him a while to leave. But there he goes. See you later, okay, Bobby. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was Bobby Lee's performing at Bananas Comedy Club in New Jersey tomorrow, November 14th, and Saturday, November 15th. He's a character, isn't he? You, you pegged it on the head. He's like a moth. He's like a moth that just came in, and then all of a sudden, boom, I gotta leave. I, yeah. I, I belong somewhere else. And off he goes. Yeah. And then he's yelling, can I do longer next week? <laughs> you weren't even supposed to be in here at all! You weren't! <laughs> if, if Sebastian would have said to me, no, yeah. I don't want Bobby Lee in here. No. This is my time. Yeah, he would have no, stayed he's... in the hall. But that's, that's his crazy that's so funny yeah. so funny great guy oh and a just um, they torture him every time he's in here they torture him because they know they know he's gonna he's like, gonna go break. every time yeah. every single time um, Sebastian thanks so much thanks for, for having coming me in, guys man. I really appreciate it I had a great time here uh, looking forward to your special and uh and seeing you next time, man. It's Absolutely. Great. Things are happening. Special Maniscalco. Uh, Maniscalco, he's uh, specials. Aren't you embarrassed? It premieres this Friday, November 14th at 11 p.m. on Showtime. And he'll be on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon on NBC. And he's performing at Side Splitters in Tampa, Florida, uh, November 20th through the 22nd. Cool. It's a Ron Fez show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Comedy. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash on demand.
It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, Chris Stanley, your fucking live reads will have to be... Those plugs that you got are one for the ages. Those are terrible. It sounded like you took names, put them in a blender, fucking hip puree, and then drank it, and then threw it all back up again. Nasty. That was the plugs. Um... At Sebastian Comedy, by the way, on Twitter, Fe, uh, Chris refused to do that. Fez, why did you give up your plug roll? Well, I was try I was looking for Bobby Lee in the building, and he was. Um... But you weren't looking for him. We didn't even want him in here. Um, but now that he's here, we ended up having a lovely time with him. It was lovely. Let me tell you this, and get it out of the way. When Sebastian talks, I just hear this. So, <laughs> Rat, you work for the assistant manager to the assistant manager at the multiplex, right? <laughs> Let me know what you need. We got Van Halen tickets. We got Cheap Trick tickets. Mommy's all right. Here's what you got to do, Rat. Wherever you are, you got to act like that's the best place to be. You wouldn't even drive her to the damn clinic. Hey, Stacy. This is some great iced tea. That's all she needed, huh? Half and a ride, huh? <laughs> Half and a ride. All right. Hey, Rat, I forgot to tell you. It seems like uh, you left your wallet over my house the other night. I found your wallet. Because you weren't looking for Bobby Lee. Well, the ONA guy said he wanted to stop by, and then I could, then they couldn't find him, and I couldn't find him. Let him go when you can't find him. Let it go. Let it go. I thought he was going to bring up the last time I saw him on, I was on an ONA, right? So he goes, I can't. That's something I got to talk about, but I can't say it on the air, no matter what happens. So. He says, I'll say it off the air. I forget what it was. So I guess we go into commercial. I'll just use this. I hate Chris Stanley. Right? Yeah. That's what I want to say. But don't, I can't say it on the air. So we get back on the air, and I go like this. So, Bobby, I understand you hate Chris Stanley. <laughs> and he was, like, literally pissed for real. But now he forgot all about it, you know? And the last names that he was saying, Chris Mazzelli gave him Chris Mucuchuchu. This is crazy as my plugs. Why would you bring it back up? Why wouldn't you try to get the world to forget about that? I don't know. It's self-deprecating. Is that something you want to do with your life, Chris? No. Let me ask you something, rat. <laughs> you know, you're happy with this? Let's go over there and go swimming at her house in her pool, right? Hey, this is a nice pool. And many people are right about you. They say DeVoe's stupid. DeVoe's asshole. But he isn't. He was the fucking coolest. <laughs> he fucking got concert tickets. Anything you wanted. He was dealing those concert tickets. And he was friends with Forrest Whitaker. They were tight. Hey, how you doing? What was his name? <laughs> Come on, look it up, Chris. I am, I That's am. all you're fucking good for. Slapping your fucking fingers down Jesus. on the keyboard. <laughs> I Not Damone. I know Damone's... His name, I was asking what fucking Forrest Whitaker's name was. Charles. Not Rat. <laughs> Charles Jefferson. Yeah, Charles Jefferson. We're very tight. He's a good guy. So Macaulay was super tight with his brother. 
I thought that was a little weird. He seemed a lot older than that brother of his. You know something? What? You're fucking seriously... You turn everything into being a pederast. No, I don't. I just thought I was strange. I just thought it was a fucking weird friendship. Chris, you don't have to be this way, okay? <laughs> all right, Damone. You don't have to be this way at all. Thanks for the advice, but I'm not I'm not that way that you're trying to... Sebastian Maxiskaki, uh has a special out. Maniscalco is the correct way to say it, and I butchered it. Would you have been on a fez if you weren't running around trying to find Bobby Lee stuck in a fucking screen door with his little wings flapping <laughs> back and forth? Let it go! Let it go! We got any comedy news today? Is there any comedy news happening? Hey, um... We're not plugging the big Thanksgiving thing anymore. I guess if you can get in today... You'll be part of the drawings. The drawings. And all the details are up on the front page of the Interra Bank. The towels. The email is Ron you and Fez Let me just say something. That the Interra Bank has been doing uh, just a knock-up job for us this year. Just killing it. Just killing it. Blowing it up, really. I know that your way of being supportive is just to find another phrase I just said and say it back to me. What? You know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, that's great. And you'll be like, Terrific. I hate to tell you, Chris, but you know what you sound like? What's that? A ball-ligging yes-man when you get like that. I don't lick nobody's balls. How about mine, Dave's, and fucking Bronx Johnny's? I don't lick anybody's balls. Is Bronx Johnny the anchor of that show that Bron you do, High Society? High Society Radio, Bronx Johnny is the heart and soul of that show. High Society! <laughs> I'm more like radio.com. What's your topics about this week? Good weed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, vaporizers come up. Yeah, boss, that's some good weed, boss. Or chief, chief's a good one to throw out there. Sub chief. Who says chief? I say chief all the time. Yeah, but I was doing a Bronx Johnny bit. He's, he'll say chief. You never once called me chief. I call bartenders a lot, chief. I'm gonna start calling. Huck him seems chief. a little fucking sarcastic. Does though. it? Because he's not a chief. He's the guy getting you drinks. No, but it's like, hey, you're the guy in charge. Hey, did you talk to Vito? I sent him an email. And what you get? Your usual back? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know why? Because a fucking email from Chris Stanley, it might as well say delete immediately. <laughs> oh, no, don't do That's that. What I do with yours. <laughs> don't. The schedules are one of those emails. You know, you just said schedule like an Englishman. I guess because Glenn Johns was in here. <laughs> oh, by the way, you missed all this too, Fez, because you're running around trying to fucking find Bobby Lee under a rice paddy. <laughs> So Glenn Johns was in, and I know you're not interested in music. And by the way, HuffPo had a thing up about how there are a small amount of people who do not like music. They're not moved by it. They're not stimulated by it. I happen to love it. I'm in that other minority. Do you know that there's an actual name for people who don't like music? Hmm. I got to look it up, but it's like a thing to get. Right, hold on. Here it is. Retarded. So. That's oh. the scientific name? You know, I knew another person that didn't like uh, music, and that was Martha, uh, Martha Stewart's daughter. Um, I believe her first name was Rod. And she, she was like Fez. She could not listen to music. Even in a commercial. She said commercials for her were like pain. Like, it would make her nipples hurt. I never knew. We'd, I never thought we'd find someone else who just can't stand music. Or. 
she didn't listen to lyrics or melodies. She just didn't. She just found it all. I think I'm not a hundred percent of this, but I don't think Seinfeld likes music because I remember there was a Seinfeld episode. Right? Where they said, like, you want to go see Tony Bennett or something? He goes, I can't watch a man sing. And then I was like, yeah, he never seems like he's connected to music. And all, all the uh, references to music in that show were odd. A lot of, like, show tunes, mostly. Not like any really popular Well, remember songs. there was a Desperado thing oh. where the guy would look off like a goddamn mongo. By a witchy woman. <laughs> that was uh, Elaine trying to make that her song. <sighs> yeah. Mm. It was the Desperado episode, yeah. which he woman got played once. Did uh, the iBank put up the uh, Aussies in Parliament, the Seinfeld Aussies in Parliament? I did not see it up there. Uh, I guess it's a not yet. It's really fucking freaky, though. They do a Seinfeld episode with the Australian Parliament. That freaked me out. I did- Let's work on getting uh, the... The prep up this morning. Still working on the morning prep. Up, up on the iBank, though, is under, finally, a happy birthday e-card everyone can enjoy is a video our b- old buddy UCB Fred put out with UCB Comedy. He animated it. And it's an e-card you can send to all your friends. Well, I'd love to invite him up here, but I can't get him in the door. No, he's banned for life. Maybe we should invite him to Thanksgiving dinner. He could get in there. He would be totally welcome. Unless Hard Rock Johnny has banned him. Please, Hard Rock, don't do that. He was a sweet man, UCB Fred. We're going to be jumping around pretty soon. I wonder who Jeffrey Gurian's bringing today. Let's each try to guess. Can I throw uh, one out there? Yeah. Larry David. Wow. Fez? I'm going to say Chris Rock. I might be cheating here, but I think I know who it is. Who is it? The ghost of Bob Hope. I'll be scared shitless. I didn't know Gurian could channel the dead. He's the, he is the dead. <laughs> Gurian looks like he should be the fucking driver for whatever the morgue car was in Wacky <laughs> Racers. <laughs> I, I was so far away. I mean, even if I nailed it, nobody would have got the reference, but I was so far around it. I might be a little tired from all the unmasked thing we're doing this week, you know? Tomorrow's the dice man. It's been one after another, and Farley Brothers are playing tomorrow, too. So, is this turn into a plug? Have a conversation instead of constant plugging. I am conversating. Um, the Beast from the East. Fellas, mm. we haven't gotten into your head. Every day I want you to bring up a topic. I want you to bring up one today and one tomorrow. And bring up one yesterday. Go back in fucking time and bring up a topic. I want to relate to you again, buddy. I want to tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking. Don't rub your hands together. Sit here like a couple of fellows that know each other. What makes you nervous? That I'm talking to you or that we're on the air? No, the, the, the on the air part. Right, it's, well, it's, it's, I, won't put, I won't do it to you then. But you know what I want to do? After the show, when no one's listening, when these bastards aren't listening, then will you have a topic with me? Yeah. That's crazy. You should just be like... I'll think of one. (laughs) Just do it now. Well, there's the Walmart uh, Thanksgiving Day sale plans, where every year that you see videos out there of people getting trampled to death at Walmart, 
They're opening on Thanksgiving. They're going to stagger their sales, but they're still calling them doorbusters. Now, if they were so upset about people getting hurt, and every year they have to put out a statement saying, oh, we are so upset about the tragedy that happened at this particular store on Long Island or wherever, uh, new methods are going to be put in place. You're telling people to bust your doors down each and every year. Maybe the first part to start with would be with the name Doorbusters. You got them, Fez. You ripped their fucking tits off. And maybe now there's fat cats in Washington who understand they're not going to get our votes, okay? If we're not working, they're not going to be working. Uh, Mark, in Chicago. Hey, I just, I don't mean to be off topic. I just wanted to tell you, I think you, Ron, are one of the best interviewers I've ever heard. I, you know, I know that they say Howard Stern's a great interviewer, but I was listening during the memorials for Robin Williams and for Joan Rivers, and to me, the mark of a great interviewer is A, he asks the questions you wish him to ask, and B, he asks questions that never occurred to you to ask that are very interesting. And I just wanted to call and tell you, I think you're fantastic. Oh, I'm sorry, you were saying something, sir? Wow. Thank you. Who is this, anyway? Who's on here? Mark, it's Mark from Chicago. Oh, yeah. What did you want to talk about, Mark? Did you really not hear what I just said? I heard some of it. The rest of it I wasn't, you know, totally focused on. Something about this or that? Hmm? Wow. Thank you. I get it. It's very, very entertaining. But I, I'm totally serious. I really, I think you are not given enough credit as what a great interviewer you are. Okay. Thank you, Bob. That's uh, Bob from Michigan. Mark. Mark from Chicago. Oh. What did he call about? He sounded a little pissed off to me. He just wanted to compliment you. John in New Hyde Park. Ronnie, am I dating myself? Was the Wacky Racers, was there a woman named, or a mouse named Penelope Pitstop? Yeah, she was very fucking hot. She was extremely fucking attractive. Miss Penelope Pit stop. Yeah, she's pretty she something else. She's a guy dreaming genie, but she drove a car. All right, let's go over here to Mark from Chicago. Hey, Mark, where'd you go? It's his problem. I thought you said you were holding. Bear season's over, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah. D- just sit Cutler and look for a new quarterback. You know, well, they just they paid him $119 million. They're not fucking throwing. They're going to make him stay out there and get hurt every week. But they have no hope. That offense was supposed to be some ridiculous beast this year, but pff, it's falling apart. Beast from the East. Like it's the, the Vim, man. Like the pussy from Chicago, Jay Cutler. Um, let me just say this. I got this sent to me. An email from Chris Stanley. Good luck. He never emailed to book my friend for his movie. Uh, and John Lovitz just had an interview saying it was the funniest part he's ever been in, a part of. All right, let me bring up something to you, Chris. Okay. Not only is this the first time this has been brought up. A, you got the thing to, to book her friend. Yeah. And then B, she wrote to me and I brought up to you on the air and you said you want to take care of it. I did say that. I, I remember. I screwed that up big time. Big time. That's bad. 
Well, this is something that can never be taken care of. And I'm glad Liz shows me the real side of you, Chris Stanley. That's not the real side. Yeah, the racist side. What? I'm not a racist. The guy that you refused the uh, book is a very black man. Oh. Very black. Oh, this, I know this looks bad, but I'm not a racist or a pederast. Why are we even brought up pederast? It came up earlier today. Not here. Not on this show. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, Mike, you're on the Ron Faye show. Mr. B. Yeah. When, uh, when Gwen Johnson, I think that was his correct pronunciation name, mentioned about sticking his head between the two speakers and listening to the new album. So I just thought that was, took me back. Yeah, me back. too, dude. You hey, know what? what about the artwork? Was the producer involved with the artwork, you know, Mm-mm. of the albums? No, the artwork was done separately. But, I mean, like, did he, did he, like, oversee the packaging? Like, no. You remember, like, did it fold out or anything or no? No, or, that was... Like, that was always the record company. Now, some artists oh, would have yeah. some say in it, but the younger guys very rarely did. You know what I mean? You had to be around a while. I don't even think the Beatles got involved in it until, like, Sgt. Peppers. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Are you familiar with what we're talking about when we're talking about the artwork of an album? You ever remember how the albums would have? You've been in a store before, right? Yeah. The... Uh, artwork is like, you know, the, sometimes the picture of the band, but sometimes it's a drawing. You've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. 90% of artwork was done by three fucking people. Really? Yeah. You know what it was? No. Me and two other motherfuckers. See what you did there? By not paying attention, you found yourself fucking sitting in a bear trap. A Chicago bear trap. Chris Stanley and his racism, he's racist, A, against Liz. And he's pissed at Liz right now, but I'm glad he is. Because he knows now that Liz is going to come to me with these things. Everybody can come to me when when, uh, Chris lies. Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, um, I just wanted to mention, Fez was talking about people dying, going to the Walmarts and all that crap on... uh Black Friday. Yeah, he did say that. All those deals online on like Amazon and all that. You don't even have to leave your house. So I don't know what these people are doing. And they're idiots. They're idiots. They just see it as a competition. But you used to do the same thing until a few years ago, and yet you never cop to that anymore. I remember you and your sister and your aunts and your mom would all wear the same shirt and be like the Hillier Family Shopping Spray 2000. We would do that. We would get on the local news, and you've never been on the local news, that's for sure. Yeah, right, maybe definitely. one day. Don't you know what? When I get fucking wise ass <laughs> like that, just give me one between the eyes. Just fucking just rear back and just bust me right between mm-hmm. the eyes. Go ahead, pop me, punch me in the fucking face, Fez. I'm not going to hit punch you. Punch me in the fucking face. Look at this. I got my hands behind my back. Just ball up that fist. Ball it up. Punch this wise ass right in the face. I am not going to do that. Make this a classic show. I would never hit you. I wouldn't hit anybody. Why wouldn't you make it a classic show? Because I don't... Make it a classic show, Fez. That wouldn't make it a classic show. Just as we made a classic show.
Well, we've all guessed and tried to figure out who was coming in today with Jeffrey Gurry. And I have Bob Hope's Ghost as my pick. Uh, Fez, you picked Chris Rock. Yep. And who did you pick? Larry David. All great guests. Who will it be, Jeffrey? Milton Burrell's ghost. Oh, God bless him. Yeah. Huh? And that's something. His penis's ghost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will go down in the annals of time. In the annals of time. In the annals of time, yeah. You know, I don't know if anybody else knows this. Fez, bring that music down. It's like a crazy thing over here. Jeffrey got to see... And I don't know if everybody in the, in the world knows that Uncle Milty, Milton Burrell was known for having a gigantic penis. Yes. Or schlong. A schlong, as they called it. Yes, yeah, his member. A very say. large member. Uh, and I will tell you this. Supposedly, when he went to the movies, he had to buy two tickets. <laughs> oh, my God. That's big. <laughs> Thank you. And sit upstairs. You know what I mean? In the balcony. Where do you get pants? To- do you see how stupid you fucking step in on jokes, Chris? If, if, it, had a, if, if it had a blonde wig, yeah. it could pass for Paul Williams. All right, see, that that's, was, <laughs> that's, 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 that's how I met him over that joke. Really? Yeah, he called it the Burl's cock joke, and he said, who wrote that? And he wanted to meet me. He loved that joke. He loved that joke, yeah. Now, when you met him, Mm-hmm. He actually showed you his penis. It wasn't the first thing he did, though. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't like, good. hey, how are you? Here it is. Shake. It was like it was, like it was in 85. I was out in L.A. We were hanging out at the Friars Club in L.A. because he was the president of that club at the time. And um, Is there even an L.A. Friars Club anymore? Not anymore. No. There was some kind of legal thing mm-hmm. a few years ago when they had a dispute. And I guess the, the L.A. Club lost their license to use the name Friars Club. You know what I say to the cops over? I go, legal schmeagle. That's always my thing. Which is a good thing to say. By the way, in jail last night, Cake Boss. Cake Boss got busted on a DUI over on 10th, really? 10th Avenue Freeze Out. What's his real name? I don't know. Okay. I just call him Cake Boss. Cake Boss? What did yeah. he get busted for? Uh, DUI, like you. Really? He's driving around all night long. Wow. Yeah. But Crazy. you're not drinking tonight, are you? No, I'm not drinking for are a while a, now. I had, uh, are you a teetotaler? What does that mean? You total tea. You just sit there and you total tea back and forth. At the end of the night, when I total up my drinks, they oh. all uh, they all wind up being tea. They're all tea. Usually, yeah. You know, I, I didn't bring this up to you. I haven't really talked to you in a while because you've been crazy busy. This show's been crazy busy. Yeah. But I, I actually s- had sur- springs and s- surgically inserted into my legs. <laughs> so you could jump around? <laughs> so I could jump around. I've been pole vaulting around. You know, it's you're thinking, insane. but that, you know what? You could get some heat for that. You'd be known. But I've been keeping up by reading your stories on the iBang. You're jumping around stories. You're just breaking one big story after another. But I saw you while I was judging the contest, uh, New York's oh, the, Funniest. The New York's Funniest. That was a great contest. Now, I saw you. You ordered a cheeseburger, and you were a couple tables away. I was with the other judges, almost like in a Supreme Court. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all had to sit <laughs> side to side. I'm not, I don't want to, because everybody was so nice, I don't want to say I was embarrassed with that, my little name plate that they put up. Yeah. But I find it a little embarrassing. Why? I just don't. I don't like the idea of judging others. You know what I mean? No, I, I get that. One of yeah. the th- you know that I, I hate critics. I mean, there are people who See, actually go through their lives being critics. I mean, how do you tell somebody that that's your job? What do you do? I I criticize people. 
I mean, yeah, it's but fucked you know up. what the worst they thing that could happen movies? to you? What's that? Is to make a movie and get zero feedback. That would kill an artist. Every artist wants feedback. They yeah, I know, but they feedback. go out of their way to make. Look, so, I see movies sometimes, and I find them very entertaining. And then I read the reviews, and they get shit reviews. Give me like, one that happens. What does that? What What do they see that I don't see? I'm. Tr- I don't remember because I don't keep those things. I don't hold on to that. But it happens all the time. I saw some. Let me see if it'll come to my mind. I don't go by what critics say. Mm. I make my own choice. If I want to see something, but I go see know? it, even if it has bad reviews. If there's people interesting in it, I go see it. But let's suppose this. Here's a little film. You've never heard of the actors. You've never heard of the directors. Who gets the word out? Critics. If you look at Roger Ebert, and he had plenty of faults, okay? One being his jaw. Oh, yeah. But... Can't help that. There are so many small movies that he got started because he championed them. Wes Anderson, for one. I think it's the concept of critics that bothers me. It's it's like it's the idea like look, I respect everybody that goes out on a stage that performs. You know how hard it is to make any movie at all? I mean, it's insane to make a film or to make a project or to do a one-man show. So my thing is, like, if I don't like it, I don't write about it. I would say this. There's nothing easier than making a movie. I mean, it's simple. Well, these days. You go there, you go with an idea. They give you a lot of money. Get a crew. They give you stars and crew. (laughs) Then you make it. It only takes you an hour and a half, and it's done. You know what? I'm totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're lot, so right. Yeah, I should have made hundreds of movies. Why over don't the years. you start a thing called criticizing the critics, and you write a column where you just attack critics for their criticism? That's what I think I should do. Me and Judah should do that because that sounds like something that he would do. The champion, the champion, yeah, to attack critics while they're criticizing people because he way, lifts weightlifters while they're lifting weights. I know, and he said that, and I've heard you back him up, but I've been checking through record books. You never saw, and the I can't find anything of his championships. I mean, I'm not accusing. They're hard to find. Yeah, he keeps it on the DL. He's because he's very humble. Mm. Very humble. But I just think criticizing people is a weird thing. How do you go to sleep at night knowing, like, you know, most people take pride in what they do during the day, you know, and you go to bed at night thinking, boy, I criticized a lot of people today. Uh, Let me see if I But critics say good things, too. Very rarely. They always look for some snarky remark or to take apart somebody's performance. I mean, one of the reasons that people are saying, let's say, The Godfather made I don't know how much money uh, and then some shitty Arnold Schwarzenegger made more money how do you tell which is a great piece of work the one that the critics praise look I'll just show you how to do criticism without hurting people's feelings yeah. uh, Chris Stanley loser yeah. in a fuck face Buzz oh, <laughs> Watley backstabber and pederast oh. and that's the kind of positive feedback, feedback that you, that's, see I learned so much yeah, by being here that's going to make them rise up and do better the next time. And by the way, Fez, I don't know what we're doing with your mustache now, but the right-hand side, it's broken into a couple different mustaches. <laughs> it seems like it's... it's the right-hand bran- side it's has had sun. It's, it's got roots. It does, it's, it's branching out. Yeah. It well, really wait, because he waters control. it. He waters don't it. Don't you uh, have like a little mustache comb? Yeah, and I Where used is it? it today. It's Where at home. It? You should have one in your pocket. You're going out into the world, and you got this thing that's spread across your face. Bobby Lee was in here today. Your oh, friend. I missed him. I love Bobby he Lee. He kept saying over and over, I want to live Fez mustache. Did he take off his clothes? You know who else stopped in today? It was a good, very good friend of yours, Chris Mazzelli. Yeah, I ran into him outside. Did you really? Yeah, and I told him. <laughs> yeah, he was with... Uh, 
Maniscalco. Oh. Why can't I think of his first name? Sir, Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, thank you. Yes, of course. Just yeah, Sebastian. he's gonna do. A, he's gonna do a little thing tonight before the Access TV taping. So I'm gonna be there. But I, I just got invited to something really cool. I hope. I don't know if it's gonna work out. Uh, Stephen Colbert and John Stewart are gonna do a special appearance tonight for John's new movie Rosewater. Where's it gonna be at? Um, at a theater, at the AMC theater, I think, on the west side, something like that. And it's you uh, it's a spectacular film. I'm. I was invited, but I didn't get confirmation yet. So I'm waiting to hear. And it was, it's a phenomenal film. I saw it saw on Monday. Film. And um, I don't know what the critics are going to say. Hopefully they will like it. But it was very courageous of John to do that film. I think he put himself in jeopardy. Tim, you're right. He's the real hero, not those 9-11 guys. He is... Courage. Pers- well, they already right. said that he's uh, a, a tool of the CIA for making that film. Who did? Um, the Muslims? The I think the Iranians said that. Now, you came up with a term that I never heard of before. Dirty Fun. Muslims. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was him? Yeah, he came up with dirty Muslims. You, because being go. Jewish, you're against the Muslims, right? You are so intent on making me look bad. I don't no, know what never. That is. Never. Never. There's never I've never been said any... that in my life. But, I, I uh, was probably thinking of someone else. You probably, because a lot of people look like me. Mm. Yeah, it's and, true. And, a lot, and it's, it gets confusing sometimes. Now, John Stewart... Mm. Uh, this bit is up on the iBank today. He came to the rescue and said, here's something that's overly cl- criticized by the public, not even critics, the public, Saturday Night Live. He goes, 40 years they've been there, they bring the goods over and over, and it's crazy that people act like the show is worse than it is. I can only imagine how hard it is to do that show. It's can you easy. imagine? There's no. It's easy. It's like making movies. Right? It's as easy as making a movie, movie. or just building go in a and bridge. What like could be editing. easier? Sketches. Why? Sketches are so hard because they're hard to get out of. Mm. That's what was so great about the Pythons. Because when you do that kind of silly humor, you don't have to get out um, of the sketch. Now for something completely, completely different. different. Chris Stanley, not returning a phone call. <laughs> I returned phone calls. Did you write back to Liz and apologize? I have a po- yes, I, I, I apologized. That's funny because I'm going to tell Liz this. Chris said the other day, I said, uh, Liz wants to get a hold of you. And then he said, Liz is her name short for lizard. Lizard brain. And that's mean. Um, Dan, in Michigan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, yeah, thanks, Ron. Hey, I just wanted to uh, thank you for having Bobby Lee on. He's an absolute joy to listen to on the radio. But uh, next time, could you have him a little bit longer and maybe just have uh, Jeffrey Gurry and polish shoes or something? Oh, stop being an asshole. But let me tell you something about Bobby. He left early because he had to go somewhere, and he just kind of swung in on his own asking for time. I guess Fez was looking for him. But uh, if you heard him say it just in the middle of a, of a sentence, I got to go. I got to be someone at 2 o'clock. Um, but he is funny because of his fear and nerves that he acts out. I was pointing this out to Fez. You internalize, he externalizes. Yeah, he just goes off the hook. He can't contain himself. His fear builds up in him and he explodes. And he does one of the craziest shows on stage that I've ever seen. 
Did you ever see him do the strip thing that he does? Yeah, it's uncomfortable. I just saw his yeah. ass out here a minute ago. <laughs> he does it. He did, but he, and he chooses a guy to do it for, not a girl. It's just so funny. He's got an outrageous show. By the way, John Stewart was also raving about Steve Carell's uh, dramatic performer and Foxcatcher. That fucking commercial makes me nervous. It's real quick. Why he talking like that? That weird nose he has? You know, and he got somewhere. I told you I grew up around the DuPonts. Yeah. And we used to have all these urban myths about them. We said that they inbred and they all had mongoloid children. Well, they have to. Because right? they want to keep the money in the family. Yeah, they don't want anyone else to touch that. And then I heard it my whole life. And then later we'd be out, you know, riding around in cars, smoking pot, looking at giant houses, going, I don't, I wouldn't live here because uh, the guest house is too close to the pool. You know what I mean? It's shit that we'd never have. And then someone brought up, you know, there was this wall and it had glass on the top of it. And he goes, that's to keep the DuPont, the retarded DuPonts from escaping. I'm sitting there high and I go like this. You know what has never occurred to me in all these years? I don't think there are retarded DuPonts. I think that's stupid shit that people say. And this was like a breakthrough aha moment for me. I go, why would they just put some glass on top of a wall to keep their own mongoloid <laughs> children inside? Because it embarrassed the family, that's why. And then I go like this, why wouldn't they, if they want to keep the money, what about a prenup? Why are they just <laughs> fucking saying, you two are marrying your sisters in a three-way marriage? It's just an excuse to have incest, that's all. Who needs an excuse? You'd be like Chris Stanley. How about the what? How about the what? I don't think there's a, there's, there's a big problem. How about the what? How about the what? You have to ask permission. First. Like That's, the police. They want the police to ask permission before they frisk somebody. Did you hear that? Mm -mm. It's in the paper today. They're bringing up so a else? bill that the police have to ask permission. Can I frisk you? Yeah. That makes sense, though. Does it? Yeah. yeah. In, in what give universe? Me, I would say this. Sense? Give me a chance to hide my dope and my gun. All right. Just give me a second. You're you're big on the side of the police, right? Look, I've had a lot of hassles, police, <laughs> over in yeah. my day, but I'm not big on crime. That's one thing. You're and like, I don't know. I I've met very few honest criminals. You know, and like you're being I, I dealt with Italian right now. Pardon me. You're being anti-Italian. Am I really? Why is that? They're all criminals. It really Every is that one of them. Yeah? He you know, said that, not me. You say that, but uh, uh, Jeffrey rides around town like this. Fuck the police. Fuck, 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 fuck the police. Only in the music that I play. Mm. You like but rap. When it comes down to it, they pulled me over. I mean, I've had such hassles with them. They pull me over. They make me sit for like 40 minutes one night. For the, the crime was having a black woman in my car. Yeah. That was like... That was what I was charged with. Um, well, did she want to be in your car? <laughs> yeah. She the trunk. She was trying Chris, to get out. That was the problem. Did we ever bring in yeah. the other thing? The uh, the silver one? Yeah. I thought it was. It should be in the in the bin. Uh, I don't go to the bin. Fez, do you ever use mustache wax? No, I haven't used that yet because I, I didn't feel like I had enough to actually get yes. a big twirl oh, on you it. Oh, yes, you do. You're right. Plenty. Small. You have plenty, man. Yeah, you, you got a lot. You're like Catfish Hunter already. I had to use mustache wax when I was in dental school. Yeah, but on school. your pubic hairs, right? I, well, yeah. <laughs> Chris, what's going on? When I was here? in dental school, you weren't allowed to have a mustache. And I grew a mustache and I was banned from school. And when they finally let me back and they said, you could come in, but only if you use mustache wax. Like fucking Salvador Dali. You know how his mustache yeah. went up in the air? Like a catfish. That's how I, had to I had to wear like a wig and mustache wax. I looked like a fucking maniac, but that was okay for them. Because that Chris was what Philadelphia was like. 
Chris, let me see the uh, print selfie that's up on the iBank. This is supposed to be almost hypnotic, this selfie. Here's a selfie. Look oh, that's that. just fantastic. Was that taken when he was at SNL? I don't know where. It looks like somebody in the toilet took it off him. <laughs> and he, he goes Someone old school camera. He goes old school camera with a selfie, not a cell phone. Can I tell you something about Prince? He seems like he should be queen of Egypt. This is something... Very mystical. Game, yeah. Right? He's a sun god. Yeah. He's Ra. Ver- uh, he's the point. Some people think there's cool and then there's weird. But weird and cool is cooler than even cool. That's what I'm saying. Remember when he changed his name to a symbol? Yeah, Fishhook. He just said, look, just, I want everybody to call me Fishhook. <laughs> Here's Bill in Jersey. Bill. Hey, Fezzy, Fezzy, how come you're so negative about this Walmart thing? What's going on? Well, they're the ones that complain every year that someone gets trampled to death on a uh, Black Friday sale. And this isn't even Black Friday. Now they're just starting right at the beginning of Thanksgiving. Well, they can even spread out the trampling, so you can have a little trampling every day then. I mean, that seems like a positive thing. That way you don't have to tie up all those ambulances at one place. Shane and Philly, you're on the Run and Face show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, listen, is this the uh, Chris is a Liar hotline? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, I've heard you say before, Ronnie, that uh, the whole show is non-coffee drinkers, right? Nobody drinks coffee. Nobody here drinks coffee. Though I do like the Dunkin' Donuts coffee... Not big, though I do like the Dunkin' Donuts coffee, not a big fan of the Dunkin' Donuts donut. Though I do like the Dunkin' You Donuts motherfucker, coffee, he caught you, Chris. You saying you like Dunkin' Donuts, Donuts coffee. coffee. Yeah, I do Donuts like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't drink it very often. I just like started the penalty. And you get penalty, yeah. And the excitement of that call. The pen exploded. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> You're completely covered is, in ink. I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but this is, it feels like being like in some kind of ink Vietnam. It looks like you and gave I, uh, an octopus a hand job. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the fact is, I've done that before. <laughs> and, and you didn't get any ink on no, you, right? No, none at all. None at all. Well, you're usually neat when you do that. Well, that's Hicks. That's why they don't let you to SeaWorld anymore. You get caught in so many lies, Chris. Hey, what are these wet naps? They really work great, huh? Those are Lysol wipes. Wait, that doesn't seem like something I should be wiping directly onto my hand. People use them with their hands. You're supposed to scrub them on the on the thing, not on your directly on your hands. All right now, my skin's coming off. Oh Jesus! We didn't start the fire. Oh, my friend Janice is on the phone. You ever meet her? I don't think so. No. Janice is one of my best friends in the world. Janice, Jeffrey Gurian's here. He's never met you. Oh, hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Janice. How you doing? Very good. Cool. How come I never met you? Well, I'm always here. <laughs> He's I enjoy you tremendously. Well, Janice, what's you. happening out there in Chicago? How many feet of snow did you get last night? <laughs> oh, no shit. It's actually trying to snow right now. But you, when you were talking about the Bears, they've already announced it. We're not making any changes to the defense. <laughs> smart. <laughs> That's smart. Because that way they can keep giving up 55 points a game. Holy shit. I'm glad we got that figured out. You know, you're talking about one of the tremendous franchises of all time in sports. The Chicago Bears, the monsters of the Midway. It's... <laughs> 
that's been around as long as the NFL. What's happening there right now is an pitiful, embarrassment. Pitiful. And in the old days, and you know that knucklehead kid who uh, hurt himself doing his dance over the yeah, backup that, quarterback. That fucking... he's, he's actually out for this season because he's that injured. <laughs> yeah, because he's joining Mensa. That's how and fucking then... smart he is. <laughs> In the old days, Ditka would have said, you know what NFL stands for, don't you? Not for long. Oh, that's good. Buddy. <laughs> that's good. Ditka also said that the Bears this year, this is worse than when Brian Piccolo got cancer and died. Whoa. <laughs> oh, God. Listen to that song. Listen to that song playing. Oh, it makes me cry to see him. Did you ever watch Brian's song, Jeffrey? It's a sad movie. Probably not. No, mm, somebody yeah, dies of uh, cancer, right? Yeah, Brian yeah. Piccolo. Yeah. He was fun, friends with a black guy, Gail Sayers. Oh, yeah. White guy and a black guy. First time in the history of the United States. They become friends. Then the I white guy Brian gets cancer. Piccolo. I'm just astonished when I hear that a woman knows so much more about sports than I do. <laughs> it's like, yes. I, I, Sometimes I one woman knows more about sports than another woman. It's amazing to me. I know so little of it. You've never been interested in any sport. How am I going to get that show on ESPN? <laughs> it's going to be hard for you. It's going to be very rough. I won't have yeah. much to talk about. Why don't you pitch them a show called Stuff That's Happening Other Than Sports? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot that you don't cover here. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. you know weather, exactly. finances. Why are they so limited to sports, ESPN? It's ridiculous. There's a whole world out there that they should be talking about. Although that's there is so going to be a roast... ESPN is now with the Friars Club. They're doing roasts, and they're going to be roasting Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> that should be. And yeah, I don't even know what sad. he does. <laughs> oh, neither does he. <laughs> they just fucking move him out every week for an hour. <laughs> is he football? Yeah. Okay. You really didn't even know he was football? I, 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 I associated it with football. I didn't know. I mean, it could have been. I didn't think it was basketball, and I was pretty sure it was football. You must have one sports memory in your life, right, Jeffrey? I played a lot of sports. I just don't watch people do shit. Yeah, but it's at never, one point in your life, I mean, you grew up me. in the Bronx. You went to a Super the Bowl party? The fucking Bronx yeah. Bombers. I went to the Yankee Stadium a few times, but it wasn't... I never thought it was fun. Do you remember who was pitching? Uh, pardon me? Do you who remember was pitching? Who? Yeah. <laughs> You've never been to a Super Bowl party. What do you do yeah, during the Super Bowl? I used to... I went to Super Bowl parties, but just for the party, I never knew who was playing even. I just Name went because I never Super missed Bowl a party. Name one Super Bowl team and their quarterback. I couldn't. Not because I promised that I wouldn't. I just don't know any. <laughs> I like that. Not that I promised that I would. Who would you promise? <laughs> you promise? <laughs> I swear no, I'll never tell you. Because I said enough. I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> As if I had taken an oath. Here's what I like. I don't like to watch to sit and watch other people do stuff. Says the man who goes to every single comedy show in the United States. <laughs> well, by perform. So I, I, I feel like I participate. It's not like I'm just watching vicariously. I love watching it. All right, let me point this yeah. out, Janice. See if what you would have done. Why I'm judging the other day, and from what I understand, it was one of the great judges of all time. Yes, you were. I heard that from and, the other judges. Yes. So I see Jeffrey order a cheeseburger, and then I watch him take a knife and fork to it. Because yeah, I didn't want to eat the bread. I'm trying to cut down on bread. <laughs> then why would you order a hand a cheeseburger? Because I don't want to be a dick and say like I want a I want a hamburger but no bun. Because it sounds meatloaf. like a fucking. <laughs> they didn't have meatloaf. But 
try to I try to well, I try to stick to what's on the menu. I don't just make cutting? up shit. Like you know, just bring me what I want. What am I a fucking diva? No, I just ask for a, a burger. No way. I think a diva uses a knife and fork yeah. for the burger. Really? And you were cutting some bread. I At one point, I saw you take the tomato off, put the tomato back on. Yeah, I wasn't I'm, sure if I liked tomato. Or not. And I'm sitting there. I'm not even kidding. You know I'm sitting I there. And I'm smiling, and then I get it. Then Lewis hits me on the shoulder. I go, "What?" And he goes like this: "You haven't even watched the last three comics. You're staring at fucking Jeffrey trying to cut a cheeseburger." You know why? Because I try to do what other people do. Like I know that other people like tomato, so I try and experience things that other people like. I'm trying to be human, you know. Like I ask, I see people wear a scarf. I wear a scarf. You know, when I first started, I had to ask other people, "How do you wear a scarf? How do you tie a scarf?" Mm. When I grew a beard, I asked other guys, how do you grow a beard? And someone said, you just fucking let it grow, and however it grows in, that's your beard. You can't grow another guy's beard. Some of these things you ought to keep to yourself, Jeffrey. Like the fact that you did it, it happened. <laughs> don't blame yourself. Don't tell. Don't tell. Yeah. This is a don't ask, don't tell See, I'm zone. finally opening up. Yeah. And then I learned my lesson. Don't ever tell. Uh, hey, Craig. Craig, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Fezzy, please, lose that mustache. Why? Because you're looking like a, you kind of look like a loris. If you lose it, you might get a little dick, you know? All right. Now, I have a, a little dick. <laughs> he didn't mean it that oh. way, Fezzy. You took it the wrong way. Is your, is your penis small? Let's see it. Take it out. Right. It's really Take small. It just you saying that. Just Let me say it. no. Let's see the. Let's compare it. to no. Milton Burles. <laughs> yes, let's compare it right now. Uh, Jeffrey, get your dick measurements and let's go over. Uh, people are yes, as I've compiled so many over the years. Yeah, it just came as a shock when Milton said that. We were in the men's oh, room. It came as a shock? Yes. Oh. I was, it came as a, uh, yeah. as a, a river. Did he, did he have a lot it was ridiculous. Just because his penis is large. Doesn't I, mean he has a lot of cum. Doesn't doesn't lot of cum. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I didn't pe- stick around that long, to be honest Ladies and gentlemen, I am done with my work. I found out, regardless of the man's penis size, doesn't mean he's going to have more cum. Now, I brought... Uh, <laughs> Fez Todd Watley in here today. We're going to take a look at his penis. No, we can't, Uncle well, Milty. Just pull your pants back tight so we can see the outline of it. Yeah, in your jeans. There's not going to be an outline Where's the now. Where's I'm the thinking bolts? about it too much. It's like, put on your, your V-net, your V-cut pants look, with just the tips sticking We don't want to see it. We just want to weigh it. They have Let me bring up. a fucking T-square in. T-scale in here. Put your fucking... And just cock, Fez. Not no, balls. No balls. I don't want your balls, no balls on there. No. That's cheating. Bum, 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 bum. You, know, you have a special cock scale for you know that, what right? Fez's name... <laughs> what, you carry that? Ten. If Fez you, calls his penis... What was that? Brian Piccolo. Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you want to play but no, it? But nobody's played it yet, right? You know, uh, that that's not what Brian Piccolo means, right? It's a person's name. Brian Piccolo uh-huh. with Gail Sayers. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were dating? Yeah. Well, in those days, they called it dating. They were sharing a room. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gail is a guy's name? Yes. Oh. Gail oh. Sayers is a man. And that story oh, oh, that you just so told? Painful. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, guys? None of your business, Chris. <laughs> hey, Fez. What's up, buddy? What can we do for you? <laughs> hey, so this... 
guy that's on with you guys today, he talked just like Ryan Gosling. Yeah. He kind does a lot of voiceover work for Ryan Gosling. Oh, um, does he? Yeah. Wow, that's great. So what was that movie called? The Driver or something, Chris? Drive. Just Driver. Drive. You that's saw the movie? movie? Yeah. Yeah, the, Jeffrey made the coat for him. He made that jacket. He's also a seamstress. Yeah, all right, whatever you're going to do. All right, let's not all sit around and choose. I don't have a lot of time left, and we got to get Fez's penis out. <laughs> um, Jeffrey, your stuff that you did on the New York Comedy Festival, through the roof. Fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you. I just it saw was... a bunch of people from uh, Caroline's, and I said, uh, thanks so much for having me in, and they go like this. You were there? I go, yeah, you were the ones that brought me in. He goes, okay. We're a little fucking flighty over here. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> it was an incredible festival. Yeah, they, really had some, they, they had some really... It was the best ever. It, it, it really was. That one show that I went to with Larry David was such a surprise. A lot of people didn't even know about it. It was no. a private event on Park Avenue, and Seth Meyers was the host. Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I think the ticket started like 1500 bucks, but so, it was a charity, NRDC, mm-hmm. National Resources, N- Natural Resources Defense Council. When, uh, when you guys have your big rich people parties like that, you like to look down on poor people? Is that part of the fun? He makes them fight. I was doing the red carpet. I wasn't one of the rich people. Yeah, but actually... But Amy Schumer was there. Rich person. Rich, yeah, right. Well, I think all the people on the red carpet were probably well-to-do. And they go like this, uh, what are you doing, sir? You're not rich. Why are you coming in? He goes, it's me, Rich Voss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we got a lot of men. There's nothing we can do about it. Fez, you ready to take it out now? No, I'm not going to take out my penis. Show I'm working up to it. Show us. Just unzip it for him, Ron. Yeah. Just to help him take along. Take it out Come and put on, it right Fezzy. here on the pen. Come on, Fezzy. Yeah. I want to see if You know what to do, Ron? Put your finger out like you do with a parakeet. Okay, see if and you just, land on and it. And see if it'll perch. <laughs> perch on this. Per- perch. Just hold it's it out the, like that. Yeah, take it out. Come on, Fezzy. Don't be shy. It's just radio. Nobody you know could see. It's not me being shy. It's my dick. Oh, okay. You know what? This reminds me of what happened right before they killed Piggy. You know oh, what God. I mean? Like, they just beat him with his own conch shell. Chris, do we need a break or do we take it to the limit? We can take it to the limit. Take it to the limit. One more time. What was... Were you at this roast show that they did? The roast part- battle? roast battle. Yeah. Uh, that was very frustrating. No, I, I got there after it was over because I was at Hava Musical and, and it started late. And I heard I that the Rose Battle was the most intense show of all time. And when I heard about it, it sounded like something I didn't even want to see because they have friends in it and they, it seems like they were getting dis- they were destroying they were ripping each, each other, other apart. well Big yeah. J told me he goes he hated having to roast Ari Shafir and yet, because Ari helped him so much in his career and he goes of all people I got a shit on this guy and and he did it of course and I heard it was amazing but I didn't get to see it I was how the musical just awful <laughs> it was so fun seeing these guys sing and dance and how Big was J. the musical itself pardon me how would you rank the musical itself it was cool I mean you know it was it was all original songs um, I thought it was interesting I think it needs some actors no I think they all did admirably well there are some people who can really sing Bill Dawes was good and uh, Casey uh, I think her name is Balsham has a great voice uh, Elise Kenny has a great voice the others really worked hard I think they rehearsed really hard I, I enjoyed it 
I definitely enjoyed it. Rick Newman was crazy there. I'm like, did this remind you of the early days of Catch? And he said, yes, this is the part that I hate. Because so many people showed up, they couldn't accommodate everybody. That's how crazy the show was. There were lines around the corner when I got there. That's weird. When I went to it, I could lay down. Really? You had Janice, so much room? Yeah. Janice, is that your cat going crazy? <laughs> Janice, he's just yelling. Is it giving birth? No, he's just an old boy. Every once in a while, he just starts yelling. <laughs> so if, if I wasn't on the phone, I'd be answering him back. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Wacky. You know, Ronnie, my new favorite Bill Murray movie, I always screw up the title, mm-hmm. but it, there's a line in it. Uh, people in the there's two kinds of people in the world, son. Carnies and rubes, and rubes, and you never want to be a rube. Never want to be a rube, son. Never be a rube. <laughs> Remember the day he stopped in here to say hi to you, and people were going crazy. Um, Ron, yeah, when Bill Murray came by, when he was here yeah, with all those mad, people, it was a madhouse. A madhouse, yeah. It was a madhouse. All right, Janice, I'm gonna let you go, sweetie. Okay, thank you so much. I love you guys. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye, Janice. I'm writing back something. Someone. That was like the Monuments Men, right? When they were here for that movie? Because why don't you go around and plug some of the things you need to plug? You're not doing a lot of plugging lately. Jeffrey Gurian is here from ComedyMattersTV.com. And a week from this Saturday, that's November 22nd, Jeffrey will be at the Looney Bin. On Staten Island. That's Saturday, November 22nd, an 8 p.m. show. You can call to make ticket reservations, 718-370-6151 for the Looney Bin. And you can see all of Jeffrey's interviews from ComedyMattersTV.com on his YouTube channel, Gurian News Network. Thank you, Fizzy. Mm. Well, it's November, so Fizz is growing his mustache. He does it every single November and December and January. How many years do you think you'll let this one grow? This will be two years old on Thanksgiving. So I could see it going for quite a few more years. Mm-hmm. It's You've got a two. lot of room left on your face. You could extend it. I've seen. Have you ever seen people like with huge I mustaches? About that, but I don't think huge. if I started growing it in longer on the sides, I don't think it would ever catch up to it. Here's the thing, Fez. And I know you love talking about your mustaches, and I love talking about it with you. I have this feeling. If you shave that mustache, somebody in your family will die. Oh. It takes that mustache to keep everything okay. <laughs> to keep okay. everything going okay. Yeah. I think you should let it grow long enough where you can use it as a jump rope. That would be very cool. Chris you shaved can... his mustache and everyone in his family died. That's what happened. I got I'm keeping it. Is that how that happened? There? Really? Chris, any comedy news at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Tosh called out ESPN. SPN? SPN. Because they say he was, they're taking, they're, they're ripping off his web redemption gimmick on Tosh.0. That's Tosh's. Yeah, it's all about Tosh. So now he's just has, now he did Sports Science.0 with Daniel Tosh on his show, bashing ESPN, talking about how they, uh, 60% of their coverage is Johnny Football, how they're in bed with the NFL. And he's also thrown out there ESPN's mission statement is to kill children. You're uh, you're really on the nose with your new stuff, Fess. Or Chris. I love it. Uh, let's go over here to um, here's Steve in Florida. Hey, Steve. Hey. What can we do for you? You're on the air, buddy. 
Hey, buddy. Uh, listen, I just want to tell uh, Chris Stanley that I've been bartending for 30 years, and if anybody calls me chief, they're not getting a fucking drink. Well, I've called Why guys... do you call them chief? Because oh, I don't know their names when I walk into a bar. Learn their names. That, that's the worst thing you could possibly say. You're instantly considered an asshole. Now, when I throw on that dollar tip, I'm not... Am I, buddy? <laughs> like, hey, you just gave me a Budweiser? There's Here's a buck. There's no way you've ever fucking... There's no way you've ever thrown out a dollar tip. Hey, Chief, there's more where this came from. Keep them coming. I think you've come to my bar before, so I can I can imagine. Where's your bar at? Uh, I work... I, I Actually, I live in Sarasota, but I work down Venice, Osprey area. Sarah Boogie. Bar, but if somebody says Chief, I mean, that's his... I'd be done with him. <laughs> I'd be done yep, with them. That's it. You're you're cut off, man. Yeah, but do you know the worst thing about your gig too is you get tourists. Who yes, sir. They don't drink all the time, but then drink on vacation, so they're not good at it. No, they're not. Yeah, they they certainly are not. All right, guys, I love you. You guys take care. Peace out, my friend. <laughs> I haven't heard that expression, chief, in a long time. That yes. goes back to the Indians, you know. Sure, it does. You know what? Uh, uh, in Bright Lights, Big uh, City, they called him Chief the whole time. Really? And that's who it's fucking an old Chris Bronx is. Expression, yeah. Is that right, Chief? What's up, Chief? <laughs> hey, Chief. <laughs> you know what it fucking sounds like if someone says Chief to you? You better start throwing hands because this asshole isn't going to stop until it's fucking over. I always thought it was a fun thing to call, to throw around. I didn't know people got so angry. I'm furious just knowing that you did it. <laughs> I've always been able to get served. I don't know what that bartender was talking about. You just call him a beer tender, which is really ridiculous. You call a bartender's chief? Yeah. That's how you uh, okay, address chief. them. Okay, <laughs> chief. I get a butt and a shot, Jim Beam. <laughs> Why don't you just say chef? Shot. It sounds good, though, when you say it. Yeah, yeah. see? You say it because you believe in it. Yeah, exactly. So people are like, oh, It's I not just... like someone said to you, when you go in a bar, call the guy chief. And then, you, you know, you can't sell it that way. But you, you believe it. Thank you, Jeffrey. Sometimes, Chris, I think you're a piece of garbage. Sometimes. Don't take it the wrong way. I get, but that's pretty, it's an insult. Call me a piece of garbage. You're a good guy. Thank you. I want to tell you something right now. What's that? If we were in a bar, I'd toast you right now. I said to Chris Stanley, everybody, the richest guy in town. Thank you. You know what you're rich with? What's that? Friendship. I'll take that. And I could take some cash, too, also. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is you can't fucking, you know... You can't purchase things with friendship. No, it sucks. But if friendship was money, you'd be a fucking Getty right now. Oh, God. Because people love you. I would just... I'd, my bank account would look Everybody awesome. Everybody uh, just lift their non-existent alcoholic drink to Chris Stanley. I'll lift it right now. We'll hoist a few. You know, they say that it's bad luck to uh, to make a toast with water. Yeah, I know. I've heard that. You know what I say? What do you say? Luck doesn't exist anyway. What are we, magic thinkers? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are we, fucking pagans out there making sacrifices to the gods? Or are we a couple of scientific fellas living in the year 2014? But it couldn't hurt if it did exist to sacrifice a goat. I mean, it's just a goat if you eat the goat meat afterwards. If you eat the goat meat, uh, is it's not a sacrifice. Then you're just preparing lunch. Oh, so if in a sacrifice, for it to be an official sacrifice, you have to just get rid of the, you can't use yeah, that. Yeah, it's got to be a sacrifice. You're sacrificing. All right. It's a sacrifice. It's not a benefit. That's why no one says we're putting in the sacrificial driveway. And that way What's we'll that? all have a place to park. That's ridiculous. It's a sacrifice. I'm trying to cheat the sacrifice. Then That's why don't we do this? We're sacrificing some bacon. Put it on your bread and eat it. 
You got to use a lamb anyway. A sacrificial lamb. What's the difference between a lamb and a goat? A That's lot. a good fucking pull, though. I, I think they're just two different two species. Different animals. Yeah. Yeah. Really? That's like saying yeah. a lamb's it's like not like a baby like goat. What's the difference between a kitten and a hippo? Is, <laughs> is there any difference? They all look the same. <laughs> Fezzy, look over here. Is there any difference in this? <laughs> See what I'm doing here? Chief. You got me, Chief. See, the difference is goats have beards. And sheep are just or lambs. Look, rather. they're two different fucking species. Yeah, they're totally different. They don't even look alike. <laughs> look, there's they your goat. Both walk on four you know, legs. Here's the thing. No, because everyone say, always says a sacrificial lamb. You never hear yeah. anybody say is a sacrificial goat. Right, but you never. You're like but I this. guess if there was no lambs around, you use a goat. Right? Last night, Jeffrey calls me at four o'clock in the morning. He's like, "What's the difference between Patty Duke and her cousin? They look the fucking same to me. Aren't they the same?" It was 3.30, Ron. Don't exaggerate. Okay, I never know times. Yeah. You were still up anyway. But they did sacrifice goats back then. Oh, yeah? And they sacrificed virgins. If I was like some girl, um, and they said, we're going to sacrifice a virgin, I'd fucking raise my hand and go like this. I fucked Eddie. (laughs) That would be it. (laughs) He loved it. (laughs) Why would you add this? I love it. You just fucked it. That's it. Why does the virgin become a male in your story? What, what do you mean you fucked Eddie? I thought you said Eddie they're going to sacrifice a, a virgin. Uh, yeah, the girl would yell, I fucked Eddie. Oh, 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 oh okay. I thought yeah. you... Okay. Oh, my God. This is why I won't do sketch comedy. Nobody understood me. Chris, did you get it? Yes, I got you. Wait, were the I actually even said if I was a girl back in those days, and they said we're going to sacrifice, then I would yell, I fucked Eddie. And he's like this. Well, he's gay. What you say is the worst thing a man can do, right? Be gay? Really? Jeffrey? No, I never said that. Is it that. lower than murder or above murder? I never said that. Well, why don't you say what it now? What? What's better, murder or two gay people falling in love? What's better or what's worse? Oh, he has to think about it. See, he won't. I don't answer. even. I look can't. I get I confused can my, when you. <laughs> look how quick I can get my answer, Fez. It's like when Judah says, where, where, where are you not from? And the person answers the wrong thing. I couldn't get the question. No, wait, what? Judas. Judah Friedlander. Ask okay. the audience, where are you not from? Oh. And people always so give tonight. the wrong answer. Because you could have said, from. there's a million answers, yeah. but you gave the wrong answer to that. Right? When uh, when my dad used to say to kids when they come over to my house, he would go like this all the time. You walk to school or carry your lunch. And they would just, they would fucking, <laughs> they would be fucking They'd just sitting up. down. They're like, I don't know what's going on. And I'd go like this, don't listen to him. He's just fucking trying to get in your kitchen right now. Hey, you never gave me that smoke pipe, right? They can't find it. I just I sent them up there to look for it. I don't know where. I'll have to look for it myself. Who's they? And uh, clocks. You know, clocks is useless, right? And you were in charge of training him. I know. Your entire staff. I haven't even talked to in a week. You know, is that as a reflection on me? Well, I'm just going from what Liz says. I missed one email or two emails, technically. Yes, that's a lot. All right, let's suppose you're like a 911 operator. Yeah. You go like this. Hey, I didn't bring up one fire or a kid choking. No one's mad at me. I missed two fucking phone calls. <laughs> Out of how many? Huh? Right. Why are you avoiding saying it's okay to be gay, Jeffrey? What, what made you avoid that? It's wonderful to be gay. Is, are you enjoying yes, it? Fez. Yeah, I love it. I think it's I don't great. think Fez is... Find it to be so wonderful. I haven't enjoyed it yet. Um, Joe, Utah, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, 
Yeah, when Fez signed his contract, did it say he would have to sacrifice his voice? Just go on one of your fucking patented rants, Fezzy. Just start talking for seven hours straight, like a method. <laughs> I think that was one of the goats calling. Yeah, that's short. You just want to be able to just start talking. Jeffrey, you ever think that you could help Fez? I mean, you got over your stuttering, right? Yeah. Do you think you could help him with his silencing? With his what? His silence thing. He, he's, we have great conversations stage. off the air. Yeah. Fez is a, is a deep thinker. He's got a lot of cool thoughts. Really? Yeah. We have you know, conversations. You know, I, you I can think, be sued you know, for lying on the air. I mean, lying you could on say, the air? For perjuring uh, myself? What, give me a deep because thought of the oath? from Fez Watley. Deep thoughts by Fez Watley. We talk a lot about self-esteem and issues that are pertinent to both of us. Today's teenagers? To today's teenagers at large. <laughs> why don't you guys do a, why don't you two guys do a show called Teen Corner and just sit around. <laughs> <laughs> and give advice. Yeah, you right? play the hits of the day. Uh, so I forget, uh, Laura down the hall, she comes out and she goes, oh, we're playing a great song on Cousin Brucey from 1964. It went to number two. And this is right before the MS yesterday. I'm sitting next to Don Wicky Wicklin. He looks at her and he goes like this. Bullshit. And she's like, what? Excuse me? He goes, bullshit. There's no way something could have charted to number two. And I wouldn't know it. And she's like, it charted to number two. He gets up, he's screaming. He goes, I'm telling you right now, if it charted in 1964, I'd know the song. I have to stand up between them. And I go, hey, maybe it was a local chart. They locally, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of... And they both were able to calm you down. You got them to calm down? But they were ready to start swinging each other. Cousin Brucey? No. Cousin Brucey was back in his place going like this. Just huffing ether. And he was just relaxing oh, with it. No, he did that. This is his girl, uh, Laura down the hall. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I got to back down up on this. I never heard of this song before. And she was going crazy. See if she's uh, around here, Chris. Well, how did it resolve itself? It was me chilling everybody out going, hey, there was local, oh. you know, you had, uh, you know, regional hits in those days. And I had to say, hey, you know, they really didn't even start playing the Beach Boys in the East Coast till like 1965, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of those Beach Boys hits that you think went to number one, they didn't play outside of California. Not the same way they played because people are going like this. What the hell is a surf? I live in Brooklyn. I don't know what a surf is. <laughs> They have beaches in Brooklyn, but that's true. There's they didn't not have a lot surfers of surfing then. there. I mean, they, surfers, they, you know, yeah. the surfing got really kind of really started getting used like in the late 50s. Where is she, Chris? Were you a big I Beach Boy her. fan? Beach Boys? Ma- were you a big Beach Boy fan growing up? I well, love them, man. You know, I they think fucking... Brian Wilson's a genius. Hmm. Um, it can get a little redundant, but the music, I don't listen to it outside of the summer. But if I put the Beach Boys on, I could listen to every song they've ever done. Yeah, they had such incredible harmony. Nobody ever copied. Like Frankie Valli was a unique voice in those days. Yeah. The Beach Boys are unbelievable. And you know what's really funny? that They used to be against each other a lot of times. Really? Yeah, like on the charts and stuff like that. Oh, they were in competition. Yeah, Mm -hmm. one was hardcore East Coast music, and the other was hardcore West Coast music. You know that Cousin Bruce is getting a big award on Monday night? Uh, Lifetime Achievement Award from this uh, Rockers on Broadway. You familiar with them? No. 
It's a charity of all Broadway actors, and they come together once a year, and they raise money to help people in need and to nurture young musical talent. And so Frankie Valli is getting an award, and uh, and so is Cousin Brucey, Monday well, they, night. They both deserve. You going to be there? Yeah, I'll be there, yeah. I'm Could jumping over there. Yeah, that's going to be... Why aren't we trying to just uh, fix the goddamn Edison Cafe, the Cafe Edison there? Fez, you looked into that yesterday, right? I talked to him. He was getting ready to do his show, who yeah. I talked to, and so I mentioned it very quickly and said we would talk to him again about it. How did he, does he even know the place? Yeah, he he knew it. How does he feel about it? Um, I, he hadn't heard about it, Yeah. so he, he hadn't gotten the news yet. I read the news today. Oh, boy. Where's Lauren? Texting her no answer as of yet. Maybe Just she doesn't work Just sent an intern today. down the corner. Oh. Come on in, darling. Really quick. Um, we were just having a when you and Don Wiki Wicklin were screaming at each other. Oh, my boss. Over that uh, <laughs> song, right? Oh, what's oh oh yesterday? Yeah, what was the song you brought it up? It was a uh, mixed up shook up girl by Patty and the Emblems. And he said he had never heard of the song before. Yeah, really, let's, I know that song. Let's that's let's, a great song. Let's play the song. Mixed you said it went to girl. number two. I think it was something either a regional chart or uh, a yeah. national chart, but it charted. It was a one hit wonder. All right, let's they take a from, listen. Uh, yeah, where they're from? Camden, New Jersey. Okay, Camden's on. Really? Serious? No. This might Great have been. Song. Uh, oh. That was a hit song. Yeah. I can't believe you know every song that was ever written. I know. You know songs that haven't even been written yet. <laughs> that, by the way, turn back to the video. It looks like a fantastic uh, dance party is going on. I love those old dance party things. I'm sure, they used to play it on Dick Clark. Dick Clark only played Philly songs. If it wasn't in Philly, he'd fucking try to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said you met Jerry Blavitt, the yeah, gator yeah, with the, eater, the big Valley. boss with the hot sauce. With the gator with the, yeah. He was with Frankie Valli at the Robert De Niro. And event, what did you say to him? Did you know who Blavitt was? No, no, I didn't. He looked familiar to me, but he and Frankie did the red carpet like arm in arm. They were really uh -huh. close. They went together. And so when I was interviewing Frankie, he introduced me to Jerry. And he said he was one of the early DJs in Philly that broke the Four Seasons. Yeah. And I was very excited to meet him. I thought but it was But he great. used to do like an after-school dance party in Philly. And he was gigantic. Really? Yeah. Yeah, everybody in radio that I've mentioned it to knew who he was. Everybody knew him. So it was really cool. And he wore a crazy jacket, man. Well, you like, know, he's Jerry Blavitt. <laughs> The Geeter with he, the Heater? Was that what he called this? The yeah, Geeter with the Heater? The Geeter with the Heater, the Big Boss with the Hot Sauce. Uh, What's a Geeter? Like a gun. No, a heater is a gun. Yeah, a geeter with the heater. He's the geeter. And he's got a heater with him. And what is a geeter? A geeter is a motherfucker who knows what he's doing. Oh, really? That's okay. The right. He's the geeter. Right, here's one of my favorite things. Okay, Chief. See if you can find this dance thing from like the late 60s, the way these kids are dancing, <laughs> to the horse. It's oh, one of my... Cliff Noble? 
Yeah. This is one of the the great. Good song. And they're like somewhere like in Cincinnati or Ohio. (laughs) It's one of those after school shows. So you you can find songs. You're like 17. She's. (laughs) (laughs) Turn it up. Cliff Nobles and Company. No, no, this isn't it. This isn't it, Chris. It's like an after school thing. The horse was an instrumental, so. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I don't think this is. That might be it. Wait, let, yeah, let's put it. Chris, team time. There you go. There we go. Team time. Turn it back a little bit so you're not like a crazy person, Chris. Turn it back. Uh, give me some volume. Uh, well, anyway, it's going to start the young rascals uh, along with the young magistrates. Rascals. Yeah. All the versions of here come wow. to the judge. Last one called the, the tidal wave. And friend and lover reach out of the darkness and a group from Pittsburgh called the entertainers. Along with this fella who has... The hottest wreck in the country, no doubt about it. It's called The Horse, Cliff Nobles and Company. Now, just watch the way these kids are dancing. This is what we play when we whoop Sun up Valley's ass. Play this. Integrated. I still see people doing that step. Yeah, the step's the greatest of all time. When are you on with Brucey again? Uh, this Saturday at 8 o'clock. Could you guys dedicate the horse to me? Absolutely. Yeah. So are you going to be there Monday at Rockers on Broadway? Well, he's when he gets the award? Brucey's going to be there. He's going to be getting the I award. I may yeah. show up. If I don't have to work yeah. late, I'll be there. Yeah, it's going to be a great Lunas show. Dude. He's awesome. All right. You got to take off, darling? Yeah, I got to say. We're going to do your dating game yes. with you, too. I need a boyfriend. Look how great this, uh, oh, this whole thing is. That kid's awesome. That kid smokes, you know it. <laughs> Those kids are in their 60s today, I think, probably. Most of them got killed in Vietnam. Yeah. Footnote to that video. The girls with their little flip hairdos. Maybe this should be the opening song to the Bennington show every day. You should have dancers, too. Yeah. Why just limit it to the song? We were going to do a teen dance party on Pal Talk one day. We never got around to it. Look at that hot blonde chick. That's nice. Yeah. She ended up on a commune, probably. Yeah, she's got a reputation, that one. (laughs) (laughs) She looks like little Michelle Phillips. Then and now be interesting to see all those well, people today, right? <laughs> He's bringing his shit down. <laughs> all right, we got to wrap this one up, right? Yeah. Jeffrey, you got anything you need to plug? Um, not really. Just my Looney Bin thing on uh, the 22nd. And, uh, That's going to be a Bro- lot of fun. I'm doing a, a thing on Broadway Comedy. On Christmas Eve, I'll be performing at Broadway Comedy Club. On Christmas Eve? Show. Christmas oh. Eve, yeah. Is it called Christmas Eve yeah. means nothing to the Jews? <laughs> That's the title of the show. How did you guess that? That is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Christmas Eve means nothing to the show. Um, that's it for us. We out of here tomorrow at 7 a.m. I'm doing Bennington. Bennington will be on. Chris Stanley taking care of everything for me? I'm taking care of it. I don't even have to think twice? No. That's why you're the best producer in the business. Don't stop. Don't think. Again, don't even... Don't. 
All right. Then I'm going to call Fez Watley, the best producer in the business. Wait, no, not that. Because you don't want Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> you don't want it, I'm going to give it to him. No, Sal, you just have the thing again. Uh, Jeffrey Gurin, you always jump around. I do the best I can. Next time you're here, we'll have yeah. time to get to your guest. We couldn't do it today. We got a little... No, we, the, the guest is disappointed, but I'll bring her back next week. Her? Yes. Whoa. Whoa. All right, so it's definitely her. All right, can I try can I, one more call? Does she have a vagina? Uh, most of the time. Okay. A vagina and it's a woman. <laughs> Which really narrows it down. I don't want to give it away. It's a surprise. Tomorrow is the Fairley Brothers Unmasked, and then I'll play all weekend. Did you enjoy that one, Jeffrey? It was so great. You know what I enjoyed most? With them saying afterwards, I don't even think you heard it. They said it was the best interview they had in the last 20 years. Was I think their Ron, quote. That was their quote. I thought that's what Ron White said. Why are you blushing? I don't blush, do I? You are blushing. You are so fucking red I right would now. Love, because, see, I would he doesn't love take to, a compliment that way. Well. I would love to blush because that would mean that I was a human. <laughs> you're so you're then, bright red. There's right so now. many people I could say to you, see, I am a human. Such a humble man. A human being, Fez, not a human doing. Remember that. A human being. Just being. Yeah, you don't have to even do anything to be a human. You can do your normal. You just got to bring not 46 chromosomes with you. That's it. Is that how many there is? 46. Uh, uh, us, us and the fruit fly. That's um, why they do so, all those experiments on fruit flies. Did you know that? Don't bring up the chromosomes because Chris has had some damage done. Oh, area. really? No. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No. One's cracked. Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. And um, that's why he's always saying, can we go home and get my pail and shovel? That's his thing. <laughs> that that's his catchphrase. Can we go home and get my pail and shovel? He showed me his genome the other day. I didn't see anything like that. Um, well, we never did get to see Fez's dick today. No. But that makes tomorrow's show even more exciting. Exactly. It's something it's to look forward there. to. Yes. Oh, please let it happen. Uh, He's got all night to prepare. <laughs> I can't wait till I push this button. It's going to end everything. It's exciting. Uh-oh. And that's the end of my show. Donk. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over. But don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.